time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome to the show, another episode of After the Credits coming at ya, episode number 74. We're going to be talking about Cruella, the Disney live-action Cruella. I'm Sean Davis, I'm your host, one of your hosts, and joining us, as always, mostly, is Matt Chewy, another one of your hosts. Hi, Matt. Hey, it's great to be here. It it is, it's been a while, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, We'll get into what we've been up to. I hope soon. I can't. I don't. What have you been doing all this time? I don't know. Who knows? Stay tuned to find out. Uh, but that's not all, because we also have Ryan Davis here. Ryan, what's up? Aloha. It's been a while. I got to say, it's great to be back. <laughs> huh. It's interesting that you said aloha. I can't wait to find out why. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, intriguing. Planted that <laughs> Stay little seed. Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> the mystery. <laughs> the intrigue. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been almost six weeks after we had a pretty, uh, dense run there for a while there, um, in the early part of the year. I think we had like four or five episodes in April, um, which may be a record for after the credits. Johnny, check the record book. We'll get back to that. Um, but, uh, then it was a little bit of a break. We've all been busy. Um, I know I have. Um, so there's this, this chunk fire should be blazing by the time we get into the movie talk. Um, speaking of which, uh, let's set it on fire or, or make it stronger. I still don't know how this works, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, explain aloha. (laughs) Why would you possibly greet us with some other thing other than hello? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. I bet the listeners are on the edge of their seats. Oh boy. Well, how about this? I'll... I'll start the fire and then we'll pass it along and you guys can keep heating it up. Okay, cool. So to, to start the fire, well, uh, yeah, so aloha. I came back from Hawaii last night at 10 p.m. Um, and uh, the last time a Yum Chunks host went to Hawaii, <laughs> children were rolling down plane aisles. <laughs> and my experience will be just as catastrophic. Uh, not really. Um so I kind of mentioned to you guys, but, you know, in my last job, I went to Hawaii um, and uh, had a little uh, business trip. So my job asked me to go to Hawaii and I said, oh, don't tempt me with a good time. Gosh, poor me. I got to go to Hawaii to do my job, um, <laughs> which was, uh, you know, it was it was good. It was fun. Um, just mostly working, as you'd expect. But um, on the on the very last day of my trip there. Oh, by the way, I went to the island of Oahu and stayed in Waikiki. Um, for those who have been to Hawaii, it's very different from the rest of the islands. It's very city-like as opposed to just like tropical nature stuff, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the part of the island I was staying on. Did, is Waikiki in Honolulu? Yes, Okay. as I understand it, the layout. Um, but it's, it's really pretty. It is really nice. Um when I went, the island, well, the whole state, was still under heavy quarantine kind of stuff. So that a lot of things were restricted hours. The kind of the city closed down like around nine. But a lot of the the tourists didn't want to really call it. So they kept kind of wandering around the streets like, oh, there's nothing open. What are we going to do? Um, so that was kind of fun. But 
and awkward actually <laughs> there's also a lot of homeless people there so that's also something how do the homeless because it's an island I... right because like how do they get there yeah you know i had heard that hawaii was shipping oh it sounds bad shipping but shipping people outdoorsmen as we like to call them back to the mainland because they don't want their homeless type uh, i don't know if that's true but it kind of seems huh. dicey yeah anyway um but overall I, I wouldn't i would recommend it if you haven't been to hawaii i would i wouldn't necessarily recommend oahu as your first visit but anyway um right so anyway after a long week of working um at the final day my two kind of like boss people who i'm kind of newly acquainted with because it's a somewhat new job said oh hey ryan you want to go on a uh, hike with us and i said well sure i love hikes um and in hawaii that's even better right sean i know you know you've been hiking with me in hawaii and it's mm-hmm. the best because you just go out hiking you find tropical little oasises of yeah. waterfalls there's just and... like fruit on the ground you just pick up and eat there's lizards exactly <laughs> yeah there's just wild lizards and wildlife and actually one of the things i shared with them i was like oh you know the thing I remember most or whatever about going to Hawaii is wandering out into the jungle and picking wild fruit and just <laughs> stuffing your face with it. And that was very foreign to them. They looked at me like I was crazy. I mean, <laughs> I guess that well, is something to kind of... Also, maybe... when we went, when we were, you know, with our family, we wouldn't just go into the jungle. We would just, like, trespass on also people's go... lands. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, there, I have been that. known to steal pineapples <laughs> off of people's front lawns, um, which... I can give myself a pass for it. I was a kid. Um, I would still do it, though. Anyway, there was... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that, but there's not a lot of wild fruit on Oahu, so don't get your hopes up. But anyway, so, okay, so want to go on this hike. Great. How long is this hike going to be? Uh, three to four hours. Okay, no problem. Sort of a problem. I don't have any hiking shoes. I wasn't planning on hiking. Just got, like, kind of business outfits and some flip-flops, some flippity-flops. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay, I can do a three-hour hike, four-hour hike and flip-flops. That's that's fine. Um, got, like, you know, my bottle of water ready to go. Set out, like, at nine. <clears throat> hit the trailhead. It's going great. It's going great. I'm doing, like, doing my thing, you know, bold, you know, kind of scrambling over all these rocks and roots and trees and swinging off tree branches and going crazy um it's a lot of good fun uh, a lot of like tree cover so it's actually not too hot and also may surprise you sean that i actually wore sunscreen that's <laughs> quite a miracle <laughs> for those who know uh i am oh i've had some bad experiences with getting burned in hawaii uh or just not just getting burned but you, you seem to have a vacation yeah. curse if i recall it is true i do have a vacation curse. well you that know curse continues you, as you will see you can't be blamed for getting burned the first or second or third or like 27th time but you know you've learned exactly. your lesson so right at some point <laughs> it's just the universe's fault you can't blame me anymore I mean, I kind of believe a little bit of both of you because it's not just the burns. Ryan just seems to always come down with some type of horrible ailment when he goes on vacation. <laughs> He's well, patient zero. This, I mean, I remember, this, trip, I... this trip is nothing like that. This trip, it was a great time, especially if you consider near-death experiences great times. Oh. oh. <laughs> and we do continue. And, right, so I'll continue. Um, so it, it's a, the trail is an out and back, and we get to the end of the out part and are on our way back when one of the two people i'm with and so there's there's a guy and a gal and the guy's kind of he's looking stuff up on his phone and he said hey you know there's a there's a loop trail that we could do 
um, that'll kind of take us around. And I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds fine. That sounds good. And like, you get some good views, blah, blah, blah. So cool. We'll get start doing that. And so we do that and we get to, we, it's getting a little dicey. Paths are getting narrower and we, anyway, but it's fine. And we kind of follow this Creek up to this waterfall. Oh, it's great. It's beautiful. However, that's where the trail is supposed to go. And it dead ends. Like you're just looking at rock faces and, a, and like a small waterfall. Like there's, there is no way to continue, right? Okay, fine. The The map was wrong. The trail was wrong. Let's head back. So you start heading back, but we ran into a guy, or a couple, and he, and he has a GPS device, like a satellite legit GPS thing. So we kind of ask him, like, hmm. hey, is there a path? And he's like, oh, yeah. Look, turns out there is. There's this path that goes up here. Um, small note on this, I thought it was kind of interesting. His, his wife kept calling Facebook the book of faces, um, <laughs> which I kept laughing at, but... Apparently, no one else thought that was quite as funny, but I, I will be calling it from, from now on. I had a friend who called it that in high school when it was first invented. But, like, I thought to it, be funny. I also thought it was the funniest thing ever, yes. I, but she was not doing it to be funny. She was doing it. Oh. She, she was, like, Swiss or, or foreign in some, oh. in some respect. Yeah. And, and so, that which, makes it better I somehow. It does make it better. I don't know if I laugh more or feel bad for laughing then. <laughs> well, so I wasn't trying to laugh out loud, but but I, I am now. Um. <laughs> So anyway, so we go back up to this rock face, this cliff of nothing, and we find this little rope and it's like, okay, is it this tiny little rope? We have to like scale this wall. So anyway, we do and we keep going and, and it's, it's, it becomes this thing where it's just like just a complete vertical f- climb. We have to hold on ropes oh. and there's like this, it, there's like multiple tiers of this and we keep going. And sometimes we would go back down because we think we went the wrong way and then have to go back up. <laughs> and, and and let me tell you, I'm, again, I, reminding you, I am wearing flip-flops this entire time. Um, and my foot muscles are getting, we got super, because I'm having to like grip, right? Imagine like gripping your feet to keep yeah. the flip-flop adhered to your body. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but sometimes I would take them off because it would just, anyway. So we almost died climbing these vertical things. Like it's it is definitely the most dicey thing. And anyway, so we get to, finally get to the top of this thing, but it keeps going and it's it becomes the most overgrown narrow path. It's barely a, it's like the memory of someone having invented a trail at some point in this path's existence. And it goes just completely almost completely a vertical hike up. Like it's the most steep thing ever. And I'm I'm getting pretty beat at this time by this time because it's been well over the time that we thought it was going to be, and you know we didn't really have breakfast and we definitely didn't bring enough water, and it's starting to get pretty dicey and it's now we're kind of more exposed <laughs> also so it's getting hotter, and I'm kind of like oh boy this Ryan this is getting a little rough and I'm also I mean ultimately I'm getting the more. I'm mostly just getting embarrassed because I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in very good shape, <laughs> and the two people with I am with are in pretty good shape. So I'm like, okay, just maintain, just, just keep going, it'll be fine. But, but at some point, I'm just like crawling. I'm just like on my hands and knees crawling up this vertical trail, <laughs> and it's, it is so overgrown, and there's like these bushes are aggressive. Like these, it's just like whipping me. Like if you should look at me right now, I'm covered in slashes like this minor lacerations detected if you know what i'm saying it just in my entire body uh, is covered with this and we finally get to the top of this crest so if you were to look at 
like maps or just pictures of Hawaii, or you can just imagine it in your mm-hmm. head, or like a people or, or of um, just kind of like the mountain regions of Hawaii and that ridge lines, like uh, like almost those... like Jurassic Park when you know when they exactly. first fly in or whatever. Yeah. If I if I had breath to spare that wasn't keeping me alive, <laughs> I would have been singing the Jurassic Park theme song the entire time. But <laughs> that was I had no such luxuries. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, so we get, and, which is kind of cool because you're at this, you know, the exact ridge line of the, the whole freaking island, and it, it's really amazing. I wish again I wasn't on the verge of death so I could appreciate it. But it, it's also like a five foot narrow path, so one wrong step and you're donezo, mm. like two thousand feet drop. But we get to the top of this, and the guy, and the guy who's in way better shape is like way ahead of us. And of course, we've trusted him this whole time because you know he's like fifty years old, and it feels like you know what he's talking about. But he he kind of starts swearing, and we hear him, and we're like, "Oh, that's not good." He's like, "Yeah, my GPS kicked in again. We're nowhere near where we thought we were going to be. We still have all this." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yep, oh, well, that's it. I'm going to die up here. I, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. I'm done." I started like rationally thinking about like, oh, "I could probably just like sleep here." And like, I would be fine. I could sleep and I'd, I'd survive and I could make my house here. That's how, like, <laughs> and just w- live the rest of your days. There. And just live my, because at this point, it's pretty, it's safe to assume I had low blood sugar. I was suffering from heat stroke. I had no, like, I was dizzy. I was seeing sunspots. Um, Did, what like, were the people pretty... you're with? Were they, like, were they, you said they were in good shape, but were they actually fine? Or, and also, did they, like, seem to care about you or like <laughs> oh well let me let me talk about that because I'm, I'm cutting them short so <laughs> they were actually super great like they were definitely suffering to some degree but nowhere near as bad as i was and of course like i said like i was super embarrassed more than anything but the whole time they kept saying like oh ryan you're doing so good i can't like i can't believe you're doing these flip-flops you're the mvp and i'm just like you know stop patronizing me you're making it this whole thing worse i know i'm not doing well <laughs> this is terrible and then when that makes it so when they offer you water and stuff you go no i don't need it <laughs> <laughs> no at that point i was willing to at least give up that one i had like yes i was like oh oh yeah i can have a sip i mean yeah i'll have a little sip i mean was you know i might as well stay hydrated um <laughs> so anyway he starts swearing that you know we're nowhere near where we thought we were going to be and we have still have all this way to go and yeah we're just we're just going to die up there that's just it we're just all going to die up there and that'll be the end of it um it, but it, but the whole time i'm just like well i don't have a choice i have to keep going i'm just if i have to crawl the rest of the way that's i'm going to crawl the rest of the way um it, but anyway we like we finally actually there's this one little spot where we found this little shortcut that saved literally probably saved my life um after all the shortcuts that we took that weren't in fact shortcuts we finally found one that was a shortcut um and we like met up every time we would meet up with people which was pretty rare especially at this leg of the trip because we were oh actually that's the other thing when we got to that point where we got gps signal we actually started doing research (laughs) at that point in the hike at the point where we're gonna die we just start like you know what maybe we should do some research on what we've gotten ourselves into and everything we find is like oh yeah this trail is death you will die on this trail you should bring tons of water and food which we didn't bring any food and like everyone was like was this hike worth it 
you get some great views and then they're like oh heck no this is death do not do this hike <laughs> and by the way we discovered that this trail has been closed for many years and it's not to be traversed but here we were so if you did die and get lost no one would have even found your guys body for... exactly exactly <laughs> oh my god ryan <laughs> yeah like i've been in some pretty dicey situations but the thing is like i've done mount whitney i've done angel's landing i've done the narrows like some pretty gnarly hikes yeah. and I've done them, you know, I don't, I've never had to train or whatever. I just, yeah, I wake up and I go do it, which irresponsible of me, maybe, but I just realized like, ah, no, yeah. it is. It's definitely, <laughs> but like, okay, well the Sean, there was that time in grand Canyon where I nearly died, but yeah, you were like 10 at the eight time. I was like 10 years so, old. Like you can, yeah. and I didn't have like any water, literally again, maybe something about me learning lessons could be said here, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh anyway obviously we made it back but anytime we ran into someone uh they would just be like kind of like kind of conversing and i'm trying to like maintain like smiling and like (laughs) i can't speak or breathe but yeah i'm doing great but they would just like look at me like i'm i'm like yeah this person is either homeless or just insane or both because why is he wearing flip-flops all the way on the top of this mountain um and the 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 greatest part and like there's so many parts actually that i would have been laughing if it wasn't on the verge of death but and we get to the finally at the bottom of the trail we get to the parking lot and this old man stops us this old like hawaiian man and has this what felt like a half an hour conversation about <laughs> oh yeah these trails are great <laughs> and it was like the final thing in this epic quest where we have to def- this is the final boss of like maintaining social niceties like the car is 10 feet away we need to get in this car so ryan can sit down and get more water and food and <laughs> save him it's the old man on the bridge yeah, yeah it's the final, you gotta solve a riddle <laughs> yeah man it it's uh, but um what so anyway, I, yeah, I, I'm, I am missing part of my foot, but it is not a part of my foot I needed, uh, so I'm fine. Um, which, which part is it? It just the whole this the whole bottom part. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. I you mean, know, I wish it, I haven't said this multiple times on this show, or just in in our time knowing each other. But you are going to 127 hours yourself one day. <laughs> that had crossed my mind, like during like one of those moments where I was just like crawling on the ground. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna. Did you remember me telling you that? Because I've said it on this podcast probably three or four times. Man, I hope my my coworkers don't listen to this because they're going to say, like, wait a minute, this wasn't our fault. Because the whole time they kept, again, they were super nice. Like, to the point where I'm like, you need, guys need to stop being nice to me. And if they ever listen to this, like, wait a minute, this was not our fault. This was Ryan's fault the whole time. Okay, so you're 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 taking blame for it on the air. Yeah. Well, I'm not taking blame for it. I'm, I will take blame for my You're own responsibility. Like, irresponsibility towards my own livelihood. Well, well I However, mean, so what What were you, you could have just like, hey, guys, I got to call it. I'm going, we got to go back or I got to go. Like, what would you have done? So, so I, there, you were I, trapped. I, no, exactly. <laughs> I, I did. Okay. I will say this. At one point where we couldn't find the trail, like we were, yeah. we were just starting to scale those vertical parts. I said, I think we need to turn back, guys. And I was dismissed, but I didn't really push it. So I can't really blame them for that. But. If at that point where I was like on the verge of death, if I said, you know, I'm going to turn back, guys. I no, I there was no way to scale back down those rock faces. Like I would have died mm. just in equal fashion. I think. Like, hmm. I mean, I guess now that I know the whole the whole thing from the big picture, where I was at at like the top of that ridge, it would have been further back to go backward the way I can at that point. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just, but you just don't know because, again, that, the guy checked his GPS and he was like, oh, crap. And I was like, 
I wish I hadn't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to die. Uh, so how long but, did the whole thing, like, when do you actually oh, get back? Right. What, how, how long? So, yeah, we, it was overall, I think it was a 10-hour hike. Um, we It was hard to guess the miles. We said 12. Yeah. But it was one of those things where he, he would he, he would keep checking the GPS, right? Yeah. And we would be hiking for, like, an hour. And he was like, oh, we went 0.1 miles. But we... <laughs> But it's because it's, it was. But you scale 500 feet vertically. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it's so discouraging. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm I'm glad I'm alive to laugh about it now. But me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it would have been hard to reschedule this Cruella episode if we had to count I know. for your. I and I appreciate you guys pushing it back. <laughs> <laughs> I I was gonna text you at the top of the ridge and be like, "Hey guys, mind if we push that uh, hike back? I might be or the recording back a couple." <laughs> I, I, I might be slightly dead on that day. <laughs> yeah, just minor, minorly dead. Uh, yes, but speaking of people who come back to life, Matt, what do you? What do you I don't know. I had no segue. For that. <laughs> you walked yourself down another path you couldn't get yourself out of again. Uh, oh, well, no. actually, I was going to cry into tie it into Cruella, but then I was like, wait, we haven't announced spoilers yet. So. Oh yeah. All right. Oh. Um. Uh yeah okay so um last we uh last we chatted which was over, about six weeks ago as as we said um I was uh, just barely uh going back to work on campus you know schools went virtual last year you know it was a whole thing you know every teacher in America and worldwide trying to figure out how that worked um but uh. So I got vaccinated, went back on and started teaching. Uh, my uh, class, my state check class, which um, is usually a very heavy hands-on class, I was teaching a hybrid as a hybrid course. So um, I was teaching in Zoom and uh, also in person uh, to kids in front of me, and they were all doing the same assignments. Um, now, I kind of just assumed that that was what the rest of the term was going to look like. And I'm like, okay, well... You know, I made virtual curriculum for the fall term, so I'm just going to keep on going and just ride it to the summer. Um, but then, um, you know, as, you know, regulations and pandemic situations change, as they have been constantly for the last over the over a year, um, it came to our attention that we could actually, under certain circumstances, do performances at school, like live performances. Um, now, at my school... Whenever there's a live performance, uh, it's I'm the one who oversees all the kids who are going to do the tech for it. Um, and because we had gone over a year without any students at our school being able to do that, all the programs wanted to do an end-of-the-year performance. And because the restrictions got lifted so late in the year, there were a lot of shows that had to happen in a short amount of time. Um, so I'm talking like, you know, we had choir, we had uh, our music ensemble... Um, awards nights and then um for uh, our drama department uh we had our our regular drama class and then our musical theater class we both wanted to do a show so um now the thing is if we wanted to do it indoors in our theater um our restrictions were even tighter um and by restrictions i mean like everybody involved in the show can only bring so many people. Those people have to verify certain things. And uh, basically, if we had decided to do everything outdoors, we would have a lot lighter restrictions. We could get more people to come. Um, so a lot of these shows ended up being outdoors in kind of our open-air amphitheater, which, like, 
it's just a big grass field at our school that is shaped like an amphitheater. It doesn't really have any of the, um, have any of the like infrastructure for it, which means that doing shows that way, we had to come up with a, a tech setup for audio lights, you know, uh, a set, everything that we needed to do these shows, um, that we could set up and strike every single day. Um, so that was quite a task, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting there in the morning, you know, at 8am, uh, and teaching my school day. And then after school, we're pulling out equipment. We're setting up this big, massive thing. We're doing rehearsals. And then after when rehearsals over late at night, you know, past 10, we have to strike, put everything away. And that was basically what I was doing every weeknight for about two weeks straight, uh, including a couple, um, uh-oh. <laughs> Don't worry. The, ca- oh, the car alarm that I'm breaking into went off. Just continue. We'll be fine. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and then with shows come tech days. So we had a couple all-day Saturday rehearsals and, and tech stuff. Um, what made this all even more difficult is that when schools closed down at the beginning of last year, um, our tech program was in the middle of a big um, like reorganization, like spring cleaning effort. We were... Basically, the theater building was kind of in disarray because, you know, when you when you do deep cleaning and you do deep organizing, you have to kind of make everything messier first. Um, mm, yeah. And so that's the stage of the cleaning that we were in when the school abruptly closed. So when I came back, I went, OK, well, you know, uh oh, OK. Sorry, my computer, my audacity froze for a second. Um, uh, at any rate, um, so when we came back, the theater building was still in that state. And I initially went, well, that's okay. We're not going to do any performances the term. But then we got the word and went, uh-oh. So um, on top of that, um, if you've been paying attention, you'll know that I have been teaching a non-hands-on version of my courses for over a year now, for about a year and a half now, which means I had a lot of... Uh, students during that time graduate and they were the ones who had all the hands-on skills. So um, the students who I could find who wanted to work these shows in these hours had to learn really, really fast. So it was a lot of um, just like rushing and struggling to get students up to speed to learn how to to teach them how to use the light board and how to use QLab um, and all that stuff. Um, So it was a crunch. It was a grind. Um, and the shows themselves were a lot of fun to work on. And one of them was, uh, you may or may not be familiar with it, or at least have heard of it. It's a play called Puffs. Are either of you familiar with that? Mm, no. I am. I don't know why. Why? Oh, because you told me about it. Oh, did I tell you about it? Yeah, okay, you did, well, yeah. well, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the, the list. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Puffs is an odd broad, oh, an odd, an off Broadway show, um, which just, which basically is the same as a Broadway show. It's just not like in the Broadway district. It's still, it's still in Manhattan. Um, at any rate, um, it is kind of a, it's, it's, I don't know, it's not a parody of Harry Potter. It's like a, um, it's like a, a, a retelling. Um, I, mean, I know that you've been to some of them. You know, when they would do those, um, those one man like, uh, Star Wars retold or mm. Lord of the Rings retold. Yeah. Okay, it's got it's got vibes of that, um, but it's it's an original story that is from the perspective of all the kids in Hufflepuff House, oh, okay. and it goes through all seven Harry Potter books, but from their point of view. So there's 
some new characters plus some other characters that were in the books. Like, if you know Harry Potter, Cedric Diggory is a huge main character in this play. Um, of course, nobody has exactly the same name for copyright reasons. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's basically like a tongue in cheek, um, you know, send up, recap, uh, farcical, um, you know, uh, take on the Harry Potter series. Um, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. It was good. And it was a, it was a good opportunity for those kids who wanted to work tech. Uh, it's, you know, they, they're throwing spells at each other. So that gave the kids an opportunity to learn how to set up, uh, the audio system to where they can have quick keys to like do little spell sound effects and, um, cause it's a comedy. They had like goofy sounds, like, um, like there's a, there's, you know, a couple wand battle scenes. So they're like, oh, we should get some like, like gunshots. And I'm like, that's a school. You can't do that. But <laughs> oh, yeah. if, but how about like a Yosemite Sam Looney Tunes gunshot? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can hear that, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of fun playing around with the, the spells from the, you know, do different colors. So the lighting kids got to, you know, the green for Avada Kedavra and all that stuff. So, um, we had a lot of fun, you know, in a strange environment, you know, outdoors, uh, outside of our comfort zone, trying to rebuild, you know, the theater program with, a sh- you know, uh, a shoestring crew. Is that a phrase? Uh, Usually it's now. shoestring budget, yeah, right? Yeah, shoestring budget is the actual... Well, sure. It's a, a motley crew of... of uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> a, a at any rate. it's At any rate. It was, it was a lot of work. And then we did that, and it was a success. And then it closed. And then immediately the next week, we had one week to put on a, a, a school musical. Um, and not only that, the kids wanted to write an original musical... <laughs> As a, tri- <laughs> no, I mean, so, so, so here's, here's what they, they wanted. They wanted to do a tribute to our school and they picked songs from musicals that we've done in the past and they used those songs and made a jukebox musical out of it mm. um, and wrote a story around a bunch of songs from a bunch of other musicals. Um, now this is interesting, an interesting project because, um, because the musical theater class is a hybrid class, which means that there are kids who are zooming in at home uh, to participate in this course. And we're like, okay, well, how are we going to incorporate everybody in the class into a live performance that's in an outdoor amphitheater? Um, and the kids who were writing it came up with this idea. Um, well, how about the kids at home? We record their footage and they're like the, in the inner monologue of the characters who are alive in front of the audience. Um, so, and it, and Ryan, you having watched, uh, an episode or so of Lizzie McGuire, uh, if it sounds like Lizzie me. McGuire, um, yeah, it's kind of what it was. It, 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 it that's kind of what it was. So, okay. That's actually a good visual. Uh, did you imagine that the, their little talking head was projected yet at like a screen or something? Yeah. Th- that's actually what we did. Um, so they recorded their videos and then using QLab, we, I, I, I I spent seven hours editing all this video footage um, and then uh, putting filters on them to make them look like ghosts or, you know, ether, otherworldly beings, basically. And um, we had a projector that shot up onto the theater, the side of the theater building, this massive projection. So, um, so, and we had to figure it out so that, um, because there were lines that would be said in between lines for um, uh, live actors 
And there were also musical numbers where the live actors had to sing back and forth with the pre-recorded stuff. Oh, yeah. So we had, mm. we had to figure out how to get all of that stuff, their microphones, the pre-recorded video, the backing <coughs> audio track. We had to figure out how to get it all synced up. And not only did we have to figure that out, we had to teach it to a bunch of students so they could run it <laughs> for the performance. So um, what I... Anyway, long story short, what I thought was going to be kind of a, all right, we are, we're highly COVID restricted. We're just going to finish this year out and get to summer ended up being some of the most challenging theater work that I've done in a very long time. Um, I, it kind of, uh, it, Ryan, I, I know, I don't, Sean, I can't remember if you were there or not, but, uh, you remember, Ryan, you remember my capstone show in, co- in college? Well, that's that what it was reminding me of immediately because all that projector work you yeah. did, it yeah. turned, it looked really, really good. It turned out really well. But I'm just imagining with all the restrictions you had for this, I'm sure it wasn't quite as easy, even if you did have so much more experience now. Well, the interesting thing is that, yeah, I actually felt vibes of working on that project when I was working on the, the show. Um, uh, because it was a lot of like, okay, we know we want to accomplish this, but we don't quite know how that's going to work. We're going to have to do some experimenting and some, you know, testing and that's, this doesn't work. Okay. Let's tweak it. It was a lot of, um, theatrical mad science as I like to call it. Right. Cause you're, (laughs) you're mixing mediums and it has to be seamless and it has to be like interacting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the good news is, you know, my capstone show was back in 2010 um, the tools to do that kind of stuff are so much better now, even just 11 years later, um, especially now because Broadway and, and theater is very, it's, it's a lot more projector heavy. Um, so there's better tools. And, um, if I had the tools that I had now back then, that show would have been so much easier to put on. Um, <laughs> I wish I did. Um, but it kind of makes me, it kind of like reawakened a, uh, a fire inside of me. Like I want to, I, I'm now like, could I do my capstone show again, but with my <laughs> students? Like, could I, could I finally do a sequel to that? Like, and not even only that, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really right now energized at the possibility of like, oh, I haven't really utilized these mad science theater skills for a long time. And I feel like now I have, I have students. I have essentially, an army of minions that I, that I wield the power of, you know, I could, I could start doing some more cool experimental, experimental technical theater. So, um, yeah, it was a crazy situation. We were working in an extreme under extreme deadlines, uh, but we got a both, both shows done. And at the end of the day, it was just really nice to do theater again. I mean, is, is the point. Um, everybody was so starved for it, but all the entire theater, industry the entire concept of theater disappeared last year so it was really great to do it again um even though i i spent that whole year going i wish i could work on a show and then when these shows all hit at the same time i went no not like that <laughs> i was like it was totally a, a monkey's paw situation um but uh but it ended up being worth it it ended up being worth it um so those ended and now i'm some i'm on summer vacation um I'm actually teaching summer school, but um, but I'm out at noon every day, so it still feels like vacation compared to what my last month of uh, proper school was like. So um, there you go. That about that's and if I'm if I'm being honest with y'all and with any of our listeners, I'm that's the primary reason why we haven't podcasted in six weeks because I pretty much said I can't podcast for the next month. So um, anyway, I hope you all forgive me. 
Well, they well, probably all went to the sh- they all probably went to the show. So they were right. I assume all of our listeners went to. Well, we weren't promoing it beforehand. Dang it! Shoot. Shoot. No, that's the thing. Uh, Did you well, record it? Our Mr. Choir teacher at our school was at least one of those shows. So thank you for coming. Okay. I hope you enjoyed it. For when you listen to this on one of your bike rides sometime in the future. All right. Those are my chunks for now. I'll withhold the the rest of them for another time because I've been speaking for quite a long time. At any rate, uh, Anthony, what are you? Uh, oh, geez. Sh- well, what are you, Seanison? What have you been up to? We have um, uh, a live entertainment cavalcade and a harrowing tale of life and death. I don't think I could live up to that. But um, I did uh, go to Las Vegas, and it's kind of all oh. of that all rolled into one. So, um, as all trips uh, yeah. to Vegas are, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, a proper trip to Vegas, yes, right. Uh, yeah, if you're doing it right, that is what Vegas will be. Uh, yeah, I went on a little mini vacation to Death Valley and Vegas. I'd never been to Death Valley before, actually. So I did oh. some hiking myself, but nothing as crazy as up a mountain or anything like that. Um, oh, so you didn't do telescope? No, that's the peak across on the whatever that range is. Yeah, we didn't it's do, no. um. Well, it's like in the middle of Death Valley. Yeah, and It has exactly. like the, yeah, the yeah, biggest yeah. differential between the peak and the yeah. and the valley floor because it's actually below sea level. Anyway, yeah, on one of the lookout points, you could see. I know, I know what you're. Yeah, I did see it, but no, yeah. we didn't hike up there. We we hiked to a couple places, but nothing crazy. The 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 funnest was, or maybe not the funnest, but the most the coolest, I guess, was the um, Badwater Basin, which is the lowest point. Yeah, right? um, yeah. and that's pretty cool. It's just the salt flats, like you. Literally, are just walking. It's like crate from the Last Jedi. It's just like salt. Hmm. Like it's just like salt crystal. You just pick up salt and eat salt. And there's just flat white salt crystals. Desert, um, like something out of a movie. It's crazy. Um, and your footprints leave like the, yeah. this weird red mist kind of behind. Yeah, exactly. And then that's cool. That's and cool. driver was there. It was a whole thing. Um, uh, what else did we do? And it was also, of course like 110 degrees and ever and the rangers are like no you shouldn't go do these hikes at all don't do these hikes but we did but we uh are obviously in better shape than ryan because none of us almost died <laughs> but did you bring water <laughs> we did bring water and we actually didn't uh. do the whole like we walked out for like a mile which you know is barely like but it's like uh yeah, we don't, we don't need to keep hiking. We're in the salt. What, what else are we going to see? We could literally see you... 10 miles in front of us, and it's the same thing. Why would we walk over <laughs> So You want to go over there? Uh, not really. <laughs> That's um, the only reason on our hike we kept going. We're like, well, what's over there? Yeah, I don't know. Let's keep it. going. Let's see what's over that cliff. Oh, it's it's more ridges exactly. that we have to keep climbing. Okay, we'll keep going. Um, but yeah, Death Valley was awesome. It is pretty incredible. Um and uh, yeah. having never been there and having lived so close my whole life, uh, it was good to finally go. And then to end it, we went to Vegas, which I hadn't been to Vegas for a couple of years. I think the last time Ryan was when we were there for New yeah. Year's with Lana and Aaron. Um, so that was fun. Just, you know, same old Vegas. Even though it was the tail end of the pandemic, I don't know what I was expecting, but they you wouldn't know there was a pandemic that had just happened because there was... Five million people crammed into five city blocks, all not wearing masks. And what I we weren't wearing masks either, so I don't. I'm not judging or anything. I just like, yeah, no one, no one pretend. The only thing that was affected is the buffets weren't open, which actually was <laughs> crappy. That that did kind of suck. No. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, Vegas is Vegas. I invade, you know, I always enjoy Vegas up to like two or three days. I feel like that's, that's like the limit and it just becomes too much. It's just, it's, it's the, yeah. it's the perfect mix of trash and class. I say class <laughs> in quotation marks, I guess, but, uh, uh, and, and the, the, the fun factor <laughs> after a certain point worse than, um, did you get, how, how many days were you in Vegas? Just two, two nights. Uh, did you do any like tour? Did you go see, well, you guess you would have mentioned it, but you, you didn't go to do uh, Meow, Meow Wolf, did you? No, we didn't do, we just basically strip pool on the strip. Um, and yeah, you know, normal stuff on the strip and nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah. There wouldn't have been any entertainment open. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's, that's just barely opening. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah so but it was still good and again hadn't been there for years so there was a couple new not really new hotels but just slight things like i forgot the monte carlo's not there anymore because they used to go there all the time like there's just other hotels it's been, that it's been well it's it's the building's still there it's just been rebranded yes yeah, like the, is it the aria now it's the, or something it's the it's the park mgm oh that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well because that's where the uh knights play or i think right that's the stadium. that's where they built that's where they built the stadium yeah. and then um the uh the proscenium theater in there used to be it used to be blue man group and before mm. that it was lance burton but now that's they've remodeled that theater so that um you know, if Broadway shows come to town, you know how, like, yeah. in San Diego, they play at the Civic Theater, they're going to play... Like, they basically rebranded the Monte Carlo as the, this is the entertainment hotel. Uh, like, if there's a show in town, it's happening it. here. Yeah, so... Um, oh, and the well, and the Raider, sta- Raider Stadium. The Raiders are now in Vegas, mm-hmm. the football team Raiders. Right. Uh, last year, I think it was the first year, so... And there's stadiums not on the Strip, but it's just, like, right off the Strip by the freeway, by the 15. So that was kind mm-hmm. of... Oh. Like interesting and weird to see like this giant stadium. It's like, oh yeah, the, the Raiders play here now. Um, yeah, the skyline is completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so Vegas is good. Um, let's see what else. Uh, before that, I actually filmed uh, doing another film gig, uh, just a short little commercial shoot. I was working on with some friends, um, and so that was fun. And it was kind of post COVID, so it was nice. Like it was one of the first things, the first thing I've done without all the covid restrictions and testing and and temperature and all everyone kind of was vaccinated so it was fine and it was real low-key low budget but it was still like nice like oh this is how things could work and not having to deal with like all of these crazy extra precautions and, and safety measures and stuff um and uh look look forward or look for the uh cinema lounge film festival this fall and or the summer in august that's we're filming commercial for so that uh that film festival is coming up. Um, look for all LA peeps out there. Look for that film festival. Um, and then, oh, and then I had some friends out from uh, college friends who many you've met most of them. Noma, Lee, Mike, Tom. Oh, name or not Tom? Uh, Josh, Matt, Chris. Names were not changed. So sorry, everyone, if you didn't want your names on this podcast because there they are. Um, That's your fault for being Sean's friend. Exactly. Uh, and so that was fun. Just went around LA doing the tour guide kind of thing. Um, you know, Santa Monica, went downtown, went to Griffith Park, hiked up to the Hollywood sign, um, went, drove around Beverly Hills, did some axe throwing, um, in Burbank. That was pretty cool. Throw these giant axes. Um, and then when we we're driving around Hollywood, seeing all the celebrities, you know, 
meeting all my showing introduce them to all my friends like Chris Hemsworth and Richard Link. Oh, yeah, how's uh, how's uh, Richard? That old <laughs> uh, Richard, Richard doing? Linklater. Richard Linklater, my good friend. Uh, he was actually he was busy. He, I, he couldn't come out to say hi. No, that's too bad. Um, but he said his what he sent his wishes, well wishes from Richard Linklater. But, I'm, but it's good you saw Chris Hemsworth and you were able to get him on the podcast. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys. Chris, listen. you want to say something? <laughs> yeah, it's me. It's Chris. I'm Chris Hemsworth. I'm play, oh, um, I play Thor. Can I don't know if you've ever. Can you tell us what your name is? Chris, Chris, can you quiet down, please? We're, we're trying to. Oh, well, I don't know if you you've seen if you've seen my movie Thor. Um, it's pretty good. Chris, we're going it's long pre- already. It's pretty good, Chris, go see Thor. <laughs> it's still in theaters somewhere. <laughs> um. Well, thanks, Chris. Uh, you can show yourself out. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he, yeah. And, oh, and thanks for saying hi to my friends when I saw you in LA a couple weeks ago. Uh, anyways, uh, but the exciting, one of the most exciting things is we were driving around Hollywood and we made a turn down to like Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard. And my, we we're in a big rental car. So it was all of us. And one of my friends like, Oh, that car shouldn't be like that. And there was a car flipped in the middle of the street. Because they just got in a car accident like probably 10 seconds before we pulled down oh the street. God. And no one was there. There was a flipped car and another car like on the sidewalk kind of crashed into a lamppost. And we're like, ugh. And one of my friends, uh, Mike, again, that is his real name. So um, sorry, Mike, <laughs> if you don't want your name on this. Uh, he is a doctor. And he's like, oh, I should go do something. So he ran out like a superhero. I mean, Went to go see if everyone's all right. And then we pulled over and we all got out and we were like the first ones on the scene. And the car that was flipped were kind of like these young guys, some kids, and they like got out of the car and they were fine. But the person who like ran on the sidewalk, she was like hazy. She wasn't an old woman, but like a middle aged woman. And she was kind of out of it. And so my friend was just like talking, like, are you all right? And no one was around. And so I called 911 and they're, you know, and then more people started coming. I just want to say I called nine one one, guys. It was exciting. That's pre- I've never called nine one one. That's the reason why this uh, this story is happening. Yes, exactly. I mean, it is true. That's also why. But but <laughs> I wouldn't have said the story if I didn't call nine one one. That's yeah. That's what I was. That was yes. what I was implying. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, you're correct. Um, okay. So I guess I don't know this. They obviously didn't hit the lady, did they? What happened? No. She, I mean, she was in the car. No. I mean, yeah. They. I don't know because again, we got there like seconds after it happened. I can only assume. Um, and. I'm guessing they was some weird. I have no idea. I don't know how physics works, and I don't even think it obeyed the laws of <laughs> physics. I don't know. There was a car flipped. It wasn't like a fast street, too. It was like busy Hollywood intersection. The car could have only max been going like 35 miles an hour, probably. I don't know, whatever. But it, I mean, it's really difficult for a car to like straight up flip. So when you described the scene, I thought you were going to say, oh, it turned out they were, record- they were filming a movie. Oh. Because that's you know? so. That's Dang really it, we hard. We should to... have got some footage of that flipped car. We could have used B-roll for <laughs> our commercial. Um, there was no need for a flipped car, but we could have wrote it in. Um, it's a soap commercial, but yeah. flipped cars belong anywhere. Um, anyways, my friend Mike saved some woman's life. Uh, wow. I don't know if that's actually true. She, she was probably fine, but she definitely got an ambulance, and an ambulance came and helped her. So. Um, well, that's great. So that was cool. Um, so that's about it. But one last thing I want to mention is that um, Ryan and I are now, as of the last our last episode, we are now uncles. So 
Um, I should have mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Sean, well, we're for waiting for. We were. We discussed this beforehand, and we thought it was best to say for less. It was Indeed. intentional. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, did, did, did you did Did you do that? We did. We both oh. have held the child, and the child is still healthy and alive. So we're past the first uncle test. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next test? Uh, I don't. know. I think it's like some riddles or something. Um. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say I, I think I'm an honorary uncle, but if I have to hold the child without uh, without harming it, I, I don't know if I. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just uh, take it slow. I'll just just look at I'll the just child. Be, I'll, I'll just be the weird uncley figure. Yeah, that's fine. Look at the child. Uh, I, I was nervous at first about dropping it, but after the first couple times <laughs> of having dropped it, I learned how not <laughs> you to. Realize their their bones at that age are like kind of you know rubbery. They're yeah. They need to bounce a little bit. Uh, and no. they don't come with handles or anything, so. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, yeah, not made for, not ergonomically made um, human children. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, at, when Aaron was on for our Mortal Kombat episode, he mentioned how, you know, our sister um, was pregnant. And a week later, they she gave birth. So, yep. there you go. Hooray! Healthy, Good. happy baby Quentin. Is now part of our family. He'll be his, on his our name um, is now on the internet. Yeah, he'll be on our Luca episode. So look forward to that, listeners. Yeah, well, you, can, you can find his profile on the Book of Faces. <laughs> yes. It, Wait, it, it, he's got a Facebook profile. He hasn't added me. Uh, well, he hasn't learned how to use it yet. He just oh, uh, I see. Yeah, he just knows how to create already. it. You have to give him uh, some time before. Oh, okay. He masters the internet. All right. I guess that's. I guess that's okay then. Um, well, now we're all on fire from the chunk fire because we've been recording we're, we're for 50 rapidly minutes. burning. <laughs> I know we're almost at an hour. We haven't talked about it. Yet. That's okay. And you know the funny thing is that um, today we will be filming another episode right after this. <laughs> filming recording, we have even more chunks to share. Yeah. So, um, so if you want to hear even more juicy goodness from our lives, uh, tune into our uh, soon to be released in the heights episode, um, which we're going to record. Yeah. In a little bit. So this was our update. Look forward to more important chunk fires where we talk more about entertainment, like movies, TV shows, and yeah. video, video games. games we've been Instead of movies, this dumb TV, having babies, life and jobs, and almost dying. Yeah, almost dying. Yeah, not. It's not important. boring. Uh, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so let's get to it then. Cruella. Um, All right. Cruella. It's a little. It's been a little while since it came out, but better late than never. I suppose. Uh, before we get into it, though, spoilers for Cruella. We're going to get into spoilers and discussion, and we're also going to tell you what happens in it. Right, Matt? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Cruella, the next in a line of, uh, of um, live-action Disney uh, movies that have been barfed out by the... Uh, anyway, um, so... Cruella is about um, a, a young lass named Estella, a um, young girl who uh, likes fashion and art and being mean and fashion. <laughs> and her mom says, we got to move you to London uh, so so that fashion... Uh, but on the way to London, they stop at a rich house with lots of riches. And the mother talks to a mysterious figure 
and needs help money from this figure um and while meanwhile Estella wanders around the rich people house and um angers some dalmatians and the dalmatians run outside and they push Christella, Christella, Stella's <laughs> mother off a cliff and then Stella vowed revenge on Dalmatians from that point on. Uh, so now, movie. so now they're near, yes, that's it. That's all you need to know. That's the origin of, of Cruella Deville. Her mom was murdered by Dalmatians. <laughs> it's story really could have just ended it there. I would have been, been like, it, okay, yep, right. oh, I, I get I, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Matt Chewy is in a theater laughing hysterically and everyone else is uh very upset um wait next, about you laughing or about yes. the mother having died probably both um i don't know there weren't there wasn't anybody else laughing um anyway at that point estella is now an orphan in london um she's really sad uh next to a fountain um and the fountain's really important it's a, it's a, it's a fountain that you go to to be sad at um she meets jasper and horace who are the 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 bumbling idiots from the original movie they're little they're little kids and, and they're little scamps they live all, a little uh Oliver Twist style uh broken down dilapidated apartment whatever they're little thieves they're pickpockets um so you know they're they're living on the streets they're pickpocketing they're hustling and then um and then they grow up and uh now they're in their 20s i think i don't know i'm guessing yeah. probably like 20 Sounds right. and estella gets a job at like the fanciest, the fanciest department store ever. Um, and, but then she's cleaning toilets and then, uh, and then she gets drunk one night and changes the window display because her boss won't let her be creative and her boss hates it and fires her. But then, um, but then Emma Thompson shows up and she's like, um, the devil wears Prada. Um, I guess in that, if you've seen the devil wears Prada, the, the, the character who is the devil Meryl Streep. It's not Meryl Streep, though. But she shows up. Emma Stone. Emma Thompson. Thompson. Oh, boy. Um, Emma Thompson Thompson shows up and says, this is the most amazing window I've ever seen, and you're hired at my fashion town dreamland. And so she's mean and stuff, because I guess you have to be just mean to work in the fashion industry, is what I'm getting out of... um, fashion related media um is this is what i'm getting um so then like um then like she she realizes that like this this emma thompson character the baroness has her mother's necklace which i forgot to mention her mom had a really important red necklace uh that got lost at the rich house and then um but she's like oh yeah um uh, an employee tried to try to steal this from me and she puts two and two together and realizes that that was her mother and that the rich the mysterious figure was the baroness and now she's mad and uh Estella is gonna gonna take her revenge on not Dalmatians but on Emma Thompson and to do that she's gonna outfashion her She's going to be the fashionist fashion that they're ever fashioned and does all kinds of... She takes on a new identity. She's, it's Cruella. Cruella. She's now 
Crystal, 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 and now she's she's now she's showing up. She's she's showing up and having flash mob fashion and some Lady Gaga esque crazy fashion shenanigans, and she's making the Baroness real, real, real mad. But then like, but then like the Baroness figures it out, and there's just like all kinds of like just stuff happening in the movie. And there's more of that stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I, it was pretty cool, but probably the only cool part. And then, um, and then what else? Okay. So they're going to steal the necklace. And, and then they gotta, they gotta, she makes a dress. Okay. Wait. All right. Hang on. I'm trying to remember this here. She makes a dress made of moth eggs for the Baroness's fashion show. And, and then she has Jasper and Horace stage a break in. To make it make Baroness think that someone's trying to steal all of her fashion looks, so she locks them all together in a safe. But then the the moth eggs hatch and destroy all the dresses, and uh, there you go. And then uh, and then there's another scene, and they get the all right. Okay, I'm I'm all right. Hang on, I'm getting confused now. Um, yeah, all right. There, then they have a final party. Or no, no. They yes, there's a party. Final, okay, final right. party. There's a final party with a final scheme. Um, so they get the necklace back at some point, and Cruella decides that she's going to finally take her final revenge on uh, on Emma Thompson because Emma Thompson has a dog whistle, and she's going to make Emma Thompson real mad and say, "I have the necklace, which was secretly a key, like the the stupid knife and." In uh, Rise of Skywalker, it's the, it's the key to the whatever, and so then the dogs push Cruella off a cliff, but everybody sees her do it, and now Emma Thompson well, is ruined. But uh, Cruella has a parachute in her in her dress. Her dress is a secret parachute, and then she gets she okay. So then she wills the. <laughs> Well, so you yeah. she will yeah, she right. wills Estella Estella wills her newfound riches to Cruella, who is then publicly seen to be dead, and then I don't know something happens no, well, at the end, and then the movie's over. I'm okay. I'm done with this. I've said enough. And then there's a really <laughs> dumb after the credit scene. We were that's, in the movie. That's, that's our All, name after the yeah, credits. We were in the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We were there. Okay. Anyway, that, that's more or less the there's there's just just fashion wars and people falling off cliffs and there's dogs there. All right, that's the movie. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna just well, edit out that 15 minute and just leave that last soundbite of what you said as a summary. There's fashion okay. wars, people falling off cliffs, and dogs are there. That I'll that's, just put that as that's a that's a good summary. That was not my best summary, and Sean, in all seriousness, if you do that, that's I won't blame you. That's fine. We're already at an hour on this episode, and we have another one to film after this. Although what's Record. funny, Matt, is you left out the entire part where Emma Thompson kills Cruella yeah. in the fire. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. What? <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the movie. What? <laughs> What did you all? I'll, I'll let you all go first. What did you think of this movie, uh, Sean? Uh, what, what, well, what were your initial thoughts? So, uh, I'm I, I I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I don't know if I'm going out on a limb. I have no idea. I I have I, well, your your summary. Well, I'll say it at the count of three. 
We'll all say at the count of three. No, no single. We're just all going to say anything at the count of three. Um, okay. No, I, based on your summary, Matt, I think our opinions are going to vary greatly. Because I will, n- it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen this. So it's not as fresh in my mind. But I remember walking out of the theater going, that movie was awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to say I love this movie. Because that's too strong a word. But I really liked this movie. I thought it was really cool, really fun, funny. Um, the performances were great. It was silly and kind of stupid. But it was also, like, I don't know, had some thematic stuff, a little edgy. And I think more than anything, it I, I think it's my favorite live action. I won't even call it a remake because it's not a remake. But in the line of the live action Disney you, animated. You can throw it in the same category. Yeah, in the category. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's my favorite of the ones I've seen so far. Um that all being said, I had the lowest of expectations going into this movie. I was expecting to hate this thing, and it was about 15 minutes in before I realized, like, oh, I'm not hating this. I was hating it. I was still like, this is so dumb. For like 5, 10, 15 minutes in, I'm like, eh, eh. But then eventually I realized, like, I'm not hating this. Why am I not hating this? What's going on? So anyways, my that's my short summarized take. Um, Ryan, what about you? Okay, well, I'll, I'll also give a little preface. My viewing experience would probably differ a lot from both of yours. Matt, I wish I had known you were you on a mountain in Hawaii I... when you saw this thing. What? You were on you a were mountain on in Hawaii. Hawaii. I was on top of a mountain. Well, I, in a way, I felt like I did. I was. So I came, like I mentioned, I came home last night at 10 p.m., watched In the Heights at that moment, <laughs> woke up this morning pretty late because I was super tired, watched half of Cruella, had to go to a publicity event for one of our board games that we developed and then had to come back and watch the rest of it. And so I, I, I literally will like, as of like an hour ago, finish watching this, the last oh, of Cruella. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a weird viewing experience. Uh, however, I, and I, because <laughs> the service I'm using for, of Disney didn't have the purchase of Cruella. I also watched Cruella at my parents' house because they had made the purchase. So I watched it with my mom, and Matt, I, like I was saying, I wish I had watched it with you, because I think this would have been a movie where we both would have been laughing and kind of mocking <laughs> the movie as we watched it, right, back in the good old days. Yeah, yeah, um, we, well, we can have those nights again soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think, and so all of those being said, because I think those are all going to be, like, things that we'll share in the ridiculousness of, I did really like the movie. Uh, I don't I don't think, it, I, don't, I don't know if I would use the word awesome like Sean did. I don't. I wasn't that enamored with it, but um, I did really like it. Um, there's a, I have, you know, problems with it. I think we'll get into those, but just like things, just like, just like editing, like less is, or, you know, uh, less is yeah. more kind of stuff mm-hmm. where, um, but overall, I, I, I think, I think maybe the way to say it is like, well, yeah, partly like Sean has said that it was like his favorite of the, of these style of remake kind of things. I compare it to the Bumblebee transformers movie. Uh, in that never saw if, that. It, mm. So it, yeah. I, I, like I would recommend comparison. it. I like that comparison. Yeah. Because imagine if uh, the transformers series, that's what it, that's where it started in terms of quality mm-hmm. and tone. Oh yes. my gosh. And, and it just went up from there. Yeah. If these remakes started with Cruella and went up from there, oh my God. Like, yeah. just, that's a completely different world yeah. we're living in of cinema yummy goodness. Um, so, that, uh, so, with that in mind, my expectations are heavily altered mm-hmm. going into the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, 
so in that eh, in that respect, I really I really did like it. Um, and I'm yeah, I'm, I really want to know what points. Well, yeah, I'll let you go. Uh, also, sorry, real yeah. because you mentioned you saw it, uh, you know, Disney Plus. I will add that I saw it in the theater, and and I do think that helped my viewing experience watching it in a movie theater. So, anyways, just wanted to side note that. But so, anyways, yeah, Matt. Give it to uh, us. I also saw it in the theater as well. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you did I, just you uh, did say that. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. um I'm closer to where Ryan is. I would say I'm not going to say I thought the movie was awesome. Um, I did really enjoy watching it. I I would say that like unlike a lot of the more recent ones, I mean, it got to the point where I had started skipping these live action Disney movies altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I went okay, yeah, this this looks like something a little bit different. Um, I fluctuated watching the movie like genuinely enjoying it and enjoying it because what i was seeing was so dumb mm-hmm. um that that's yeah. kind of how i felt i i and i kind of came out of it with mixed feelings um because i think that there's some things like i i think the, overall the writing is pretty um i don't know hacky is probably too uh too strong a word but like i don't think it's a very good script um and i think there's a lot of cliche stuff in it but i liked Almost everything else is, is the thing. Yeah. I, I I liked a lot of the visual stuff. I always I personally really like both Emma Stone and Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. I think I pretty much like them in anything that they're in, and they were fun to play off of each other. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't say that this is probably my favorite of the um, of the live actions. I would still put uh, Jungle Book and maybe even Aladdin above this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will give this. Big points because, like y'all, I didn't hate it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> I didn't hate it, and Sean, you said exactly what I was going to open with. The bar is really low. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bar is so low it's in hell right now. <laughs> so, like, when I think about my viewing experience with this compared to the live action Lion King, I went, yeah. "Oh, this is the best movie I've ever seen." Yeah, but, but yeah, and that's that's a yeah, that's take exactly a step, what I was getting into. Take a step back afterwards, kind of decompressing, going. There was a lot of stupid stuff in that movie too, though. So yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah that's, absolutely. That's kind of where at. It, it wasn't a waste of an evening for me. I don't know if I'll revisit it, but there was definitely enough stuff to where I I I thought I had a good time watching it. <clears throat> yeah, I like how you said the script yeah. probably wasn't because I also agree. I I, I think. Um, both like just in terms of the plotting and even some of the dialogue, although, although some of the dialogue I think was sold by the performances, um, better yeah, than it probably had the right to be. Cause I found myself laughing at way mm-hmm. more than I expected, you know, expected to from some like a dumb live action Corella film. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think probably the right, I, I will say though, I think some of the stuff thematically did work for me. Some of, I don't know if you want to call it the messaging or not, which we could get into later, but, um, so I don't know if you want to attribute that to the writing or the directing or what, but, uh, some of that, you know, worked a little bit more than, than the actual, like, the plot of the film, which I agree. There was a lot of silly, and it was too long. That's the other thing too, is it, it yeah. was very long for, um, or it felt long, um, for this type of movie. Um, but I think so. Just overall, one thing that I think we all like we agree on that is just one of the better live actions thing. It to me, it just feels like they are actually they they were making something like this is something that they had something they wanted to say a unique thing. It was original. Like 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 why why make the live action Lion King? 
just to make it live action, the same story, the same writing, just the same mm-hmm. call. Like we've talked about this in our episodes in the past. Like why? But with this, it's like, oh, this is a this is a new thing. Like, like I don't even care that it has nothing really doesn't tie in with the animated. Like, I, I want like even if I you know you might be a fan who loves 101 Dalmatians and you want everything to fit in perfectly. And I that if that's who you are fine. I I, I can mm. respect that. But I also it's like. At least these filmmakers are doing something. They do. They have a take on this. They have something they want to say. They have a visual style that, like, they're not just regurgitating old memories in a new form. Like, I don't know. And to me, that was the most. I don't know. Surprising is a strong word, but based on all right. the other live action ones, surprising is like, oh, well, they're so doing I, a thing. I, I'll I, agree I, with that to an extent, um, because I I think. I think the middle act of the movie is where I think it really it really shined. Yeah, um, I agree. Particularly the fashion wars. Mm-hmm. I was really into that whole middle chunk. And you were asking, you were saying whether or not you're a fan of the original 101 Dalmatians. I am not. I do not like that movie. <laughs> um, so, so the first act and the third act where they were really trying to like, it, it's like, it's like the the writers had this idea of like, okay, we got to do a movie about this character who already exists. What should it be about? Oh, it should be about fashion. For one thing, I don't think that there are enough, like, stories and media about, like, fashion design. I think it's sure. interesting. I, I, and I, I, I like, I maybe just were a little starved for it. So I give it extra points for that. But anything where they got into the realm of trying to connect it to the air quotes lore of 101 Dalmatians, just, uh, I don't know. Like, I just, it was very eye rolly to me. It was That's a always a of- problem with, these sequel pieces, right? Like Solo, the whole movie was one big eye roll, right? Where everybody oh, yeah. had to link. And we'll get into that a little bit oh, more. Oh, I, I compared... I, there were a lot of comparisons. Maeve and I driving home, there were a lot of comparisons to Solo uh, yeah, that, after the movie. Yeah, we would have Yeah, we would have gone crazy um, if we had seen the movie together. But uh, just a note on the whole length idea. It was funny because, like I said, I left the movie halfway through. And we paused it. It was like, wait a minute. How is there a whole hour and 15 minutes left? <laughs> and my mom said that. She was like, wait... Th- the movie was almost over. How come there's more than half the movie left? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think editing would have really improved the film. I mean, part of it, I feel like Emma Thompson, they kind of just let her chew the scenery a lot. And mm-hmm. I love that because she mm-hmm. was freaking amazing. Um, but maybe some scenes were like, wait, why was that scene in there? Like the, just for a small anecdote, she went to go visit Anita. I don't know if you remember that scene. Kind yeah. of intimidate her at mm-hmm. her place of work Mm -hmm. like that never led to anything it was just Mm -hmm. there for her to be emma and again emma i I think emma thompson honestly stole the show i think emma stone was great but i think emma thompson just oh my gosh she just she's yeah she just killed it um so yeah i I wonder though um that maybe this movie the 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 writers and just the whole team in general had a little more freedom in making Mm, this film Because it didn't have the strong, like, I don't, I'll call it fan following. I'm not sure mm. what else to call it. But that, you know, you take Lion yeah. King and it's like, it's considered just a yeah. all time great movie of all time, right? Never mind Disney, never mind animated, mm. never mind. It's just movie, right? It's, and so I think they were sort of maybe felt handcuffed, or at least yeah. from the studio's perspective, they were going to have be very heavy handed on what kind of creative control the filmmakers were going to be given. Whereas this one, like, who cares about one hundred one? I mean, I liked it, sure, as a kid, whatever. I don't have any personal necessarily attachment yeah. to it. So they could have 
done literally whatever they wanted, I would have been like, okay, I'm fine with this, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I remember watching it. A f- like, I feel like I watched it a, a decent amount as a kid and enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it was not one of my favorites by any means. Uh, yeah. Although it is curious, didn't they actually do a live action version of this? They like, did. They did two of them. With wait, two. they did. They in the nineties. Well, one was Glenn Close, right? They were both Glenn Close. Yes, yes. What? But, yeah, that first one was huge because it came out during the holiday season and made a truckload of money, and so they greenlit a sequel, which. I I guess I never saw the sequel. Um, I guess it was critically panned and didn't do as well. But yeah, there were two theatrically huh. released uh, Glenn Close 101 Dalmatian movies. Interesting. <laughs> Amazing out. that she that she produced this one, which is interesting. yeah. I wonder. I haven't. I don't think I've seen either of them. Although if I have, it's been I don't remember them. But uh, I wonder if there's any like weird they connected it to that more than the animated film or something silly. But um, but huh. I also think that those live action things are more what. Like, it's funny, those came out in the 90s before the trend mm-hmm. that is now the last 10 years of the, the live-action remakes of all the classic, you know, animated classics and stuff. Right. Um, they came out, like, 20, more than 20 years ago. Yeah, because yeah. that would have been closer to what I would have imagined for, you know what I mean? Like, if they were to, like, oh, they're doing a live-action remake of 100 Rounds of Nations, I probably right. would have thought they were doing, like, something, like, from the 90s. Because even those, I think I remember there was the talking animal, like, CG animal lip talking yes. yeah. in that one, right? And like, yes. ugh. Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe it's good. Which is which is what we would what you would expect. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah. So, so I, I just yeah, yeah go ahead. Right, go for it. I was just gonna say I just looked it up. The one on one Dalmatians came out in ninety six and the sequel came out in two thousand. Okay. But actually yeah. the second one still did pretty good. It Oh did it? Oh yes. Yeah, I mean it it over doubled the budget, so I don't know. Oh, alright then. Mm-hmm. Well then fine. Well, I guess I shouldn't judge without seeing it, but it doesn't I, I vaguely remember the promos and stuff and obviously I never cared enough to see it also i was probably a dumb teenager and i wasn't gonna go see that um as opposed to now i'm now you're just a dumb adult and you will go see it my standards are lower now as an adult i don't know how to phrase that but uh (laughs) um uh but uh, so uh, yeah the connections to the like especially the first and third act i kind of like in my, I, like, I guess I mentally hand wave those weights out in the way that I don't really, like, to me, these, I don't, I, I don't care if they're not connected at all. Like, to me, they're different characters. Like, me having to, like, do mental gymnastics to try to pretend this is the same Cruella as in the animated, like, no, they're not the same character. I don't want them to right. be the same character. Right. They don't need to be the same. Why do they need to be the same character? I don't care. Yes. So... I agree. And with that's you. another so thing I respect you... about this film. They weren't trying to like make it the same right. character. I don't think Look, anyway. So, so let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Um, I think there were a lot of visual and conceptual things mm-hmm. that they felt the need to shoehorn in there. And one of them was uh, one of the things that I do like about the original one is the the uh, the car chase sequ- sequences. Oh yeah. Cruella in the animated movie oh, yeah. where her hair yeah. is going wild and she's got the spirals in her eyes mm-hmm. and she's driving that car all along the windy hills and it's like going all over hills and junk and just flying through the air that is such a fun sequence yeah. and it's animated so well and this movie had like the worst car chase scene i've ever seen <laughs> like it, Wait, which it, one? it was the dump truck <laughs> no not truck? that one not well it's I like she's that in that same car and she's fleeing because she just caused some ruckus at the uh the baroness's thing she's in the same exact car and it's i can tell they're trying to mimic that scene from the animated yeah. well movie there's even it's, a line it's something... where she's like i'm not when she's like i'm not a good driver i don't know like right yeah yeah they they it's one of those moments where they are deliberately trying yeah, to yeah, recall yeah. to the original movie 
Um, and it's not it, it just in a vacuum, just on itself. I don't think it's good. It you could. It's one of those car chase scenes where you can very clearly see that the car is moving like five uh, miles per hour. Yeah. The editing does nothing to help it. It's not very well <laughs> staged. And and I'm going. The only reason why this is is in this movie is because it was in the animated movie. This story yeah. doesn't need this scene to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just here because, and that's that's like there's a little bit of resentment that I have because I know yeah. the decision was made for that reason yeah. and not because of a plot reason. Because the stuff that was original, the stuff that you could tell the writers like had freedom over, yeah. like was good in yeah. my opinion. Well, like you're saying, the second act, I think, especially because to me, that when it starts kind of almost becoming a heist movie at parts, I'm like, mm-hmm. right. holy, this is what? I am not. Ex- I was yeah. not expecting a fashion heist movie that yeah, with, like, I, the, I like set in the 70s of London with like this poppy, edgy, kind of like underground culture movement. Like, like, what is this movie? How was how did Disney get away yeah. with releasing this movie as like the live action remake of One Under One Dalmatians? Yuck. Oh, now we're gonna have like her getting drunk and trashing a clothing store, like, like right. That that's the kind of yeah. stuff. I think I was just surprised by it, and so the surprising element of it just knocked it up. Even if it maybe doesn't deserve a lot of credit for some of the other stuff, it just mm-hmm. kind of like surprised oh, me yeah. so much. Yeah, and I know I'll give it credit for that. Um, going back to things that I don't like that they put in there. Another example: uh, Roger and Anita. The characters from <laughs> that was, oh my god yeah, why 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 okay why were they in the movie Anita yeah. was Anita her her kind presence of? was barely justifiable yeah she was okay but hey but Roger Roger's yeah, Roger. presence yeah again like you're taking valuable screen time yeah, yeah. from also, other the, scenes the little, and other uh, characters the epilogue post and office post credits yeah. where the they like dumbest... she gifts them the dogs which like, I don't what? even but <laughs> I, I think this is actually from pitch meeting the but he's like why. It, so in the 101 Dalmatians, Pongo and Perdita get married and have kids, but they're implying that they're brother and sister in this movie. Right. And what, okay, I, but see, yeah. see, like, what is, what is, get married, I, it's, almost it's almost not worth, it's always, it's almost not worth talking about. Yeah, that, it's not, that, but it's because just like, that's, why, that's the biggest, yeah. that's the most egregious yeah. corporate said we have to do this, so we're yeah, doing it yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Or it's and like, even the song right, but, where, like, I, I didn't but, mind the song so much, but it was very, like, I know it totally would you like, they did not need that. Like where he's like like because that's yeah. one of the most recognizable things about the original. Right, so they so had to shoot it in there in. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it, but also it, it just doesn't make sense. Like first of all, Roger didn't have a role in the film. Yeah, and for her, <laughs> him to be gifted a dog didn't make sense. Yeah. And then for him to then write a song about her cruelty after having been gifted a dog <laughs> right. also doesn't make sense. Like wait, yeah. what? Why? What is happening right now? Yeah, yeah. And we're talking. We're talking. Um, you know whether this connects to the animated one or the uh, the live action one. You would think it would connect to the live action one because that one came out in '96 and this takes place in the '70s. So mm-hmm. Corella yeah, would be maybe. age appropriate. Yeah, However, yeah. Um, both Anita and Roger are white in the, the '90s 70s, movie, 90s. and they made the deliberate decision to make Roger not a songwriter but a video game developer. Oh, he's 90s not, version? Yes. He's not a lawyer. He's not a songwriter. He doesn't write the song Cruella de Vil. His big breakthrough at the end of the movie is that he figured out... he He's designing his video game, and he can't find a good villain. And then he decides to rework his video game so that it's a game where you you play as a dog, and you're trying to run away from Cruella de Vil. And that's... So, these, these movies can't... None of these can connect to each other. 
Except for the two Glenn Close movies, I I, I guess. I haven't seen the second one. And there's yeah. three, you know, mutually exclusive 101 Dalmatian-verse movies. Yes, there are. There's a, there's a 101 Dalmatian multiverse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when they come out with the TV show, that's when they'll start, like, connecting all the multiverses. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I, I guess, Sean, your point about having, like, this feels like her own Cruella, that was actually one thing I kind of post-interviewed my parents about, like, it doesn't feel like the same Cruella, yeah. and I'm wonder like in, but also like okay when we, I guess getting a little bit into the sequel talk here, if you're going to do a prequel about a villainous character, what do you think the filmmaker's intent is? Yeah, money. Well, well, okay. <laughs> no, fair. I mean, I mean like, that, that, of course that's it's a money, given. But the money's a given. I mean, uh, but it, is it sympathy? Like, it's uh, but that's the thing is that like. I want to be exploring this topic. Like, I wish I could have an honest conversation about the question that you're posing. But, like, it wasn't some... This idea didn't come about from some artist who went, it would be really cool to explore this character and prove that is actually sympathetic. It was, well, we're making a bunch of live-action Disney movies to cash in on nostalgia. Make a Cruella prequel. All right, well, how are we going to do that? It's, it, you know, well, so... I, think, I mean, so, yeah, but are the filmmakers, just, they're content, and as audiences, we must also then be content with what we get? I think, well... I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, okay, they, they're given the framework of we're making this live-action 101 but the, you know, the studio is going to be more open. They're not so set on any specific plot. You're a filmmaker. You've done this, this, and this. Or you're a writer. You've done this, this. Do you want to take a stab at this? You could kind of do a little bit. It's going to be more open. So if I'm a writer and I'm like, okay, if I want to make 101 Dalmatians live action or prequel or whatever, okay, but uh, I'm, I really want to explore this idea of narcissism and what it means, what that means, and like, right? And mm-hmm. then you could fit that into the story of 101. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's so to me. That's why I'm. Sure. I, I do agree. She's not the same character as the animated one, and I think that's intended. I. I think they took that point of view. I think that's a legit point of view. If you're going to remake something or adapt something, then you are taking a stand. You as a as an artist, that's uh, we. She's not going to be the same Cruella. We're going to have this point of view with this character, and this is the character and story we're going to explore this theme with. And so that's why that that's my take on it. So I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. how I walked away from the movie as well. Like I just said, from where this character leaves off. And the point where the character begins in the animated, that that's not the same character. Yeah. And that's that's fine. I don't it doesn't need to be. No. I mean uh, other than the again, the movie other she, than it being like that's the impl- implication. Yes. And in the yes. in the shoehorned t- fan service, I guess, yeah. if you want to call it that. Which yeah, I guess maybe that's just one of those things we have to just we just have to swallow and that's fine. Well and I, I think the other thing too is like I said, I was not expecting to like it not just because it was another disney live action remake and i had grown we've all grown tired of that but i also was not looking forward i thought i was going to hate this because of that very reason what you're getting at a little bit of why would i want to empathize with the puppy killer like right like just in premise why would i ever want to like this character and so that's why i was going into this movie going like what this you're already you're already way behind movie. You've got to do some legwork if you want yeah. me to even like <laughs> right. be neutral right. on but, this thing. But what's funny about that is that in the beginning of in the first, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes, they actually don't really do a good job of making me sympathize with a young Cruella. I She's agree. kind of a jerk as a kid. And I, I thought like, oh, yeah. they're just going to start – convince the audience that, yeah, she was born – 
narcissistic and evil or whatever and that's just that's her origin story and then we're gonna ride on the journey but i'm glad to see where it ended in that it wasn't just no okay wait she yeah sure she's narcissistic and stuff but she's still a human yeah i guess and well i think Um, that's one of the things that i like about this because sometimes i don't like it when a film doesn't have a message or at least the message is very ambiguous because it comes across as lazy or they didn't have a message but with this sometimes i like it a lot where the message is it's just like I need to dig further. I need to think about it more. And and maybe I'm giving the film too much credit or not. But I think in this case, I I was on that side more. Where it's like, oh, there's something here. I know they have a message here. I just need to think about it more. Or I want to think about it more. And to me, it's a message about narcissism and strength not being the same thing. But the illusion that it is. And that's what, like, and that's hmm. ultimately what her character, the foil of Emma Thompson's character, blah, 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 blah. But I agree. Like I said earlier, I did not like it the first 15 minutes when she's a little kid. I didn't really start yeah. loving it till she was an adult with Horace and Jasper, which, by the way, two throwaway characters from the anime. Like, I don't care about these guys. Now, I yeah. love them in this movie. I thought they were great. No, yeah, they, I'm I will, glad I, they did. I'd say that did. that was a strength. I, I got yeah. strangely yeah. invested in those characters. Yeah, um, surprisingly so. And that one guy, I don't know whether he's Horace or Jasper, but the bigger guy, um, that actor, he's he's in a handful of other things. He was in, like, I, Tanya and... Um, I don't know what other stuff, but he plays characters that I hate. If you've seen I, Tanya, he's just yeah. awful. And I, so I hate that actor. Not really, but you know, like, I just like, by association, he plays these characters that are just always awful. But he's so delightful in this film. <laughs> and the little doggy, <laughs> what is it, Winky? What's his, what's Wink, the uh, Wink. Yeah, Wink. Um, so, and, and they were charming and, and kind of get into the, the, the befuddled British charm that everyone has. Like, there was so much about this film and I was just eating it up. Like, I, the store owner, like, every time, like, there would be something wrong or, like, he opens the display when she's drunk and he's like, no! And, I don't know, there's, like, moments like that where it's just, yeah, like... No, that guy I loved it because he was the exact, like, kind of with the teeth and the nose yes, and stuff yes. and he just he looks he kind of is a cartoon character <laughs> yeah, exactly. but i just loved how befuddled he always is <laughs> oh actually one little quick note on that scene where she gets drunk and writes on the window she wasn't i mean she's pretty good she got drunk and was able to write backwards well that's because she's talented there you go she's, yeah, she's a genius yeah, she, she sure is while we're talking about character i'm going to talk about one that i i uh wish there was more of and that was the character Artie. Who uh, who was mm. the, at the, the, was the shop owner boutique shop store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting character to the point where it's it's another reason why I'm a little bit resentful at how much how they chose to use their screen time. Mm-hmm. Did not get nearly enough, and I yeah. think that there was plenty of opportunities to give him more to do in that movie. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they didn't want to throw that character in the audience face too much or not. You know what I'm talking about because, um, but, uh, yeah, I had similar thoughts because it felt like he was, he was like not a main character, right? He wasn't Horace or Jasper or Corella mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. But he was like, it felt like he was a secondary character that had the potential for like, uh, an arc or something to play off of. I, I think to an ex- if you kind of squint, you could go, oh, he's he's one version of Cruella, where the the not mean side of Cruella, but that doesn't care what people think, right? That that's mm-hmm. an aspect of right. her personality, right? But they, mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't explore it as much as I, like you said, I would have liked. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like she she's planning all these um, these stunts, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, he wasn't. Like he could have been way more involved in that. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel yeah. like, like yeah. I feel like they did 
some gymnastics to try to figure out how, okay, she's going to put it together in her apartment or do it secretly in, um, you know, at her workplace. Mm -hmm. But like, there were plenty of opportunities to give him a larger role. And, uh, I don't know. I would like to have seen that. I I definitely would. He was, he was really only present during that final heist deal. And he didn't even have much to do then, but they were doing plenty of heists where his involvement could have, I don't know, added some Mm -hmm. flair. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. But just in general, okay. What What was your um, what was your favorite Corella stunt during the second act? Yeah, I would. Like, I, oh. like I said, it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen it, so I don't remember all of them. But um, I think the garbage truck one was pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. I like that one a lot. Um, I like that one a lot. I I actually because of the music, I really liked the um. I guess I guess it was the final one, but it was. The um, Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah, I was going to be a say dog. That one too. And as soon as that first gu- guitar riff came out, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, that's this is going to be so good!" Just yeah. like the perfect thing. And she's wearing the Dalmatian coat, yeah. and it's like the most like aggressively assaulting against yeah. mm-hmm. um, the Baroness. Yeah. So it was just like, "Oh, this is so perfect!" And the yeah. music was so good. It like it just a quick note on about the music, or we can talk about it more. But yeah. um, sometimes when they insert too much of this like the pop culture yeah. like or just pop mm-hmm. music throughout it kind of was like yeah it, it's it's not working the way you think it's working mm-hmm. yeah. all uh, uh um it, sucker punch or suicide um, squad it, or uh, suicide squad it, 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 but this i will say it didn't annoy me I, yeah. i'm not sure it was just a little more sleight of hand a little more careful touch i don't know what it was but it worked for me um it was maybe too much i would say probably just too much i mean that was sort of the thing too so that's the thing yeah i can't imagine the budget for their music rights for this because god it must have (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what the heck how much money they spend on the rights for this right Uh, but when when they hit it it hit yeah no it was was really good that concert sequence i feel like really is the essence of the tone that they were trying to get in this Mm -hmm. movie that is the most like that you would show that's a scene you would show at comic-con like if yes. you want to oh, yeah. show yeah. something what this movie's gonna mm-hmm. be yeah um i ryan what you're saying about the soundtrack i kind of agree like i'm i'm a split mind about it i'm watching the movie going man i love all these songs but in the same time it kind of comes off as like uh, uh, now that's what i call 70s album um <laughs> yes. you know like like at some cases there i feel like there wasn't a lot of thought put into the song choices the just choices. like well this is a fun song and people know it it's popular throw it yeah. in there yeah it, and, it, and it, sometimes it was used for a single beat like there would right. be i remember there was i can't remember what song it was but it was literally a single like sound bite of, of maybe two seconds that they just yeah. drop in to because she like she I don't know, drop something on her desk. And then they just played that just to get that landed. And I was like, Oh, is that, I don't. And so anyway, yeah, I I don't, I wouldn't begrudge you if you fell on the opposite side of the fence as me. I don't don't know that I do. I just, I think that it was clumsy. And I, it reminded me a little bit of, um, in Captain Marvel, the uh, action scene uh, that was yeah. set to I'm Just a Girl. Yeah. Like, I'm watching yeah. it going, I yeah. really like this song, but it's a little too on the nose. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would yeah. say there's... I, I got the same feeling a little bit. I also think that maybe part of it is also just the the uh, uh, victim of the being so long in general. When you have a movie that's sure. already that long, and then you pack it full of these songs... It's also going to wear down just mm-hmm. the amount of music. Like, oh, more needle drops, more needle drops. Um, and you're just going to be so much more aware of it because it's going on for so much longer. Um, so I think that was part of it. I, I, I did think that there wasn't – they did a pretty good job of not, like, trying to match the lyrics of any specific – 
Like yeah. like you're saying that I'm just a girl. Like what that's a little too spot on. And like Suicide Squad's really bad. Like when Harley Quinn's yeah. riding the elevator and hey, bad about a swing, and then she has a baseball bat and she swings. Right. Oh, yeah. Rock. There was not any of that. I I didn't feel like they tried to match it. I feel more. You know, with the tone and the the yeah, the I mean, feeling, the, which they did a better job with. Yeah, the Stooges song was on the nose, kind of. Yeah, but it, but the 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 messaging was reversed, so I think that yeah. kind of like was like, okay, um, I don't know, it worked for me. I, yeah, despite what you just said, having contrary uh, opinions on that or whatever, but yeah. Um. Well, I I I think the music is also just a that that's another thing that's easy to point to, and just like, man, it. Is so different than every other one of these dumb Disney live actions. Like, can you imagine them trying to do anything like that with Beauty and the Beast or Lion King? Or like, obviously it's a different context. They're animals in the savanna, or well, it's so like a actually, 17th century. But like, just do something. Go out, try something, try something else. And well, when yeah. they got to the, all the heist stuff, I was like, man, a heist yeah. in like the middle of this movie it was so interesting to me. Yeah, the the plotting of that heist scene. Yeah, I don't not. Uh, but the fact that it was in there, it got me pumped. I'm trying to imagine, like, in other Disney movies, but, like, I think Aladdin? Like, yeah, heist movie in Aladdin. That worked, yeah, yeah. right? That would have been actually pretty re- awesome. Um, speaking of Aladdin, Matt, someone falling off a cliff, but then being saved. Magic carpet came. Um, oh, I yeah, guess. Add it to the list. The other thing that maybe I'm curious, because 101 Dalmatians was not a musical, the original. I wonder if that also was one reason where they felt like, yay, we're not beholden to trying to figure out a way to get these dumb dogs <laughs> yeah. to start singing in this movie. We could, you know, open it up in terms of what we can interpret this or, you know, adapt this for. Um, mm. Except the one song they do have, they had to shoehorn in there. Anyway. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll say the the best thing about this movie is that at no point was there a talking dog with CGI. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so so happy with that. And <laughs> despite it not being 100% pure real dog, the there was a yeah. good amount of real dog in there, real which dog. I got to give him credit for. Yeah, I was going to I was just going to say that like those Dalmatians uh yeah, it it wasn't so clean a lot of the scenes. Yeah, the Dalmatians the worst, but the little winky guy, he was I think that was mainly most of yeah. it was real. I, yeah, I, I love that little winky guy. He's wearing yeah. that rat outfit for like yeah, that exactly. one, that whole thing. I don't, I don't know why, but every time I saw that, I was just, it was so funny. But then also their reactions to it too, like the guards, yeah. like again, just like the awkward British, like I don't know, so proper and befuddled, like everyone's mannerisms and sensibilities of the film. I just, I don't know. I just thought it was so charming and endearing. Yeah, and there was that one scene with the French guy that, it, which was kind of in this kind of in the same line of what you're saying, Sean, but. I, but also a candidate for removal if I'm oh, an editor. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what did that add? Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, okay. So we've been heaping plenty of praises on. I think, but like you said, I get both of you. It, there is plenty of stupidity. I think the height down. of the stupidity for me, most of it, I could kind of not care too much about um, because everything else going on. But the stuff that was like, ugh, you couldn't think of something better than parachute pants or something i don't yeah. know what happened mm. that was like uh, i get what i get it i'm kind of okay with it but not really it's like you could have thought a little harder or something a little more clever it, i mean it was the f- i mean i knew we we know she's not dead because it's a prequel yeah. so yeah. when she fell off the cliff i'm like uh does she did she have a parachute that was the first <laughs> that was yeah. the first thing that came to my mind because it was the most ridiculous thing and when it came, when it turned out to be true, I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, all right. I guess 
Yeah. I guess. Okay. I mean, That's, I mean, I, that was another scene I started laughing. It was silly. I think though, maybe I would have been even just a tidbit more okay with it, a tad bit okay with it, than the proper. Um, it's a Todd. It's a Todd bit. Todd bit. <laughs> a tad bit. <laughs> uh ted but uh is if they had at least set it up like i don't think they did i could have missed it but no. did they ever even do anything to set it up in any way you know what i mean like but sean she delivers that really memorable line a well-cut skirt is a lifesaver oh, yeah. remember oh. that <laughs> there's just so many there was there was quite a few lines like that in the movie where like wait is that I, I, supposed, I, is that yeah. supposed to be like a takeaway? Like, yeah, to, like that. Like those scenes and those moments very much were like. Uh, I'm glad the rest of the movie is not like this because then it does feel. Th- those are the moments where it feels like they just hacked together a remake for the sake of it um, yeah. or adaptation. But thankfully, I thought those were pretty few and far between. Um, yeah. So t- yeah. you mentioned like some setups and payoffs that yeah. maybe yeah. didn't pan out. Well, let's talk about the the part of the movie that's debatably maybe the most important: the ending that that Chewy mm-hmm. or that Matt you got befuddled on upon recalling. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I uh, speaking to how you were saying the movie felt too long. I I don't necessarily it, it felt like it, it passed its natural endpoint. You know, how, um, you know, I think how, a couple like, times. You know, how, yeah. uh, was it Minority Report? Like, you yeah, think the movie's yeah. going to end, but then there's an entire other, like, 40 minutes where, like, oh, there's actually a conspiracy happening. Um, right. The whole, like, gala at the end, and then the faking the death, but then all of that, like, I'm like, okay, that I, I, I'm not here for these, for the extra innings here. Like, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> like... Cause, yeah, they went cause into she, overtime. She, she, yeah, they did. They went into overtime, um, and everybody was ready to go home. Um, but she, she died in a fire but only she got rescued from the fire but let everybody think that she was dead in the fire but then she found out she was the heir to the the whatever and left cruella the fake person in her will and then revealed to the world that she estella was still alive and staged a murder from the baroness who but like, who then murdered her. But who murdered her? But she left her stuff to Cruella, who the news media covered was dead, and nobody else knew that she was dead. Right. So but then they, did, the... Cruella had to, at some point that we didn't see, Cruella would have had to be like, "Hey, world, I'm actually not dead. Don't worry about it, though. It's fine." <laughs> like everything. And I'm ab- also a real person. And I'm also a real person mm. le- who can legally accept. Um, an inheritance from this other real person who definitely isn't me. My but don't point, look into it. No one don't, look, don't into look too don't closely look into, into that. It's the seventies. Mm. There's no nothing is digital. It's all paperwork. Whatever. Okay, fine. My point is that the whole lot, like fourth act, I'm going to call it, was very contrived and very just silly. And yeah. I, well, and also don't look into the fact that at least in America, I don't think if you're arrested, I don't think you have to bequeath your fortune to someone else the baroness being arrested doesn't mean that estella or cruella get the fortune i mean why would they why would either of them get the fortune i maybe in in the uk it's different maybe in britain times things are different that's the funny that's the funny thing is like (laughs) i i I, like sean i i didn't think the movie got off to a good start second act won me over and then by the third and fourth act i kind of 
yeah. it, I think it started they... the, the logic of the movie started unraveling it, and then right, just, the, yeah. the 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 mid credit scene was just the little cherry on top <laughs> of the okay we've devolved back into like yeah. pure dumb chaos level of plot it, it, to me I, it very much felt like now you see me levels of wait what are you doing does this <laughs> um, make sense it's so yeah. confusing i I'm going to choose to believe it makes sense and I'm just too stupid. Or even the end of Solo, if we want to make that connection again. Well, I, I wouldn't compare either of those to Now You See Me. Um, just because yeah, that's, that's fair. A, that's okay, a yeah. you actually, I know what you're far. saying, though. I know what you're saying. You actually yeah. can go back and watch Now You See Me and prove conclusively <laughs> that it is sense. a contradiction. That not that it does not, True. in fact. Not that, like, maybe I just don't understand how it made sense, but like you can actually prove that it does not. Whereas in Solo and in this, I'm kind of like... Um, yeah, okay, I guess, all right, okay, I guess it's fine. <laughs> you need to tell yeah. me some more information about how this makes sense, but whatever, I'm just going to assume that I, it does. I think I would have been more okay with what the idea, like, oh, she's a real mom and blah, blah, blah you know, whatever her mm-hmm. actual heritage and blah, 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 would have been, and that trying to figure that out, or who, the inheritance and killing off one, if they just, because the natural climax to me was the... The, not the gala, but the fire. Like, if they just mm-hmm. had wrapped that up yeah. as the climax. And uh, either plant some of those stuff, things earlier, I don't know, but it just, so it, it, it the, like, the, the, the fire scene was structurally the climax of the film, but it yes, wasn't right. the plot climax. So it was like, oh, wait, the rising action's over, but we still have right. to figure out what to do with the rest of these <laughs> we characters. Have to, we have to wrap plots. everything yeah. up. And, and so, yeah, the image yeah. of the fire to me felt like a payoff of an earlier setup where she lights her dress on fire. I feel mm-hmm. like there's some yeah. conceptually something there that like, Oh, okay. This feels naturally like, okay, this is definitely the, the climax of the movie, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, and then it kept going and got dumber. <laughs> yeah. So. Indeed. Okay. Quick. Uh, another point I want to bring up actually. Okay. A couple of things. So do you remember the scene where crew, uh, Estella steals the needle? From yes. that seamstress? Yes. Yeah. Okay, one, why does that happen? Yeah. Two, she uses that needle to stab the Baroness in the back. But mm-hmm. why did it have to be that needle? Like, yeah. why, it, all that kind of stuff, like, just cut that from the film. You're confusing the audience. She just uses it to steal the, the whistle. I mean, we, we were yeah. confused by that, too, because I thought, like, yeah. oh, is that... Did she put yeah. that... She steals it right before all the, um, all the dresses get locked yes. in the vaults. And exactly. then we later find out that... They can't open the vaults, and the dresses are being eaten by the moths, right? Yeah. So Maven and I are Which going, oh, I guess she put the needle in the lock thing, in the lock mechanism to break it. Mm-hmm. I guess? So that's what we, that was what we our reading was of the scene. Like, oh, they showed us the last time you, we saw I the vault. I think I thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, the last time we saw the vault, she stole a needle. The next time we saw it, the vault was broken. Okay, that's how story writing works. She yes. must have used the needle to break it. But then at the I, end, they make a big deal... Sort of of her poking yeah. with the very sloppy, <laughs> very, indeed, very yeah, much so. That's true. I mean, again, it's been a it, while, so I don't, those small little plot things I don't remember. Right. But I remember it, thinking that, oh yeah, she jammed the lock. That's what happened. And then the needle at the end was just another needle. There's only one yeah. needle in this world. I suppose, yeah, so. that I mean, one, they work that in one. a seamstress place, but there's only one needle. <laughs> yeah, girl, I definitely had to steal it. She couldn't have used no any of the millions she's else. had in her no, life. No, right. Um, and, and Sean, you said the, those small little plot things. And yeah, I don't remember all of them, but I do feel like there was a lot of things like that in this there, movie. Yeah, there was a there lot was of them. Amount. And I, I hate, I always don't, I, I think it's not good in my, I don't like 
nitpicking a movie yeah. or trying to knock it because down. Because of it's that just, stuff, yeah. Because of that stuff. Well, it's just solely because where, of that stuff, I would say. Right, it's just like a lot of micro cuts, right? Where right. Just, yeah, man, yeah. you could you could have made this movie so much cleaner, it, slow, yes. just keep that yeah. rhythm going. This movie's pretty long. I would have just, you know, those, you're just doubling are, down. Um, yeah, those nitpicks, what we're calling nitpicks, are just indicative of a larger, this, this generally sloppy script. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, it, I agreed. Um, in On the Same Vein... I, this is a sort of a genuine question, but also maybe just contributes to this uh, symptom, uh, this problem Matt you're describing. Is how did Estella's fake mother, adopted mother, get the locket in the first place? Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but oh no, I'm trying <laughs> to remember. I and mean, I, I definitely don't remember if there was. I I definitely don't remember because it's been so long. But also, was it? originally the baronesses or was it her adopted mother well so i mean that's at, at that point it would make sense for her to have stolen it from from the baroness that's the only way and i don't remember a scene in which that happens maybe it does and i just i have a bad memory i don't remember it either so but, let's just say let's just say it didn't <laughs> or that it did come from the baroness is that, what you're that, that, that 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 let's i mean i think but, that it, but okay but the scenario needs to be that the Baroness used this locket to lock a box that contained the birth certificate. Uh huh. Or maybe maybe Mark Strong did that and kept the box secret. I guess maybe that's what the story is. I don't know. Yeah. And then he gave the locket to the adoptive mother when he gave her the baby. I don't know why he'd do that though. And and then but then when the Baroness found the locket, decided, oh, I like this locket that I found on the ground. Cool, I'll keep this. And Mark Strong's character never said, oh, well, okay. I mean, that was the locket that contains the secret identity of this child, but... Yeah. It's fine. I, I'll do nothing to, to combat. It's fine. Well, you can just have it. Yeah. I, I do remember thinking when when they were kind of the revelation, like, oh, you know, you're the real daughter of the Baroness and blah, blah, blah. I remember thinking back to the opening scene, or one of the opening scenes where they're at the gala and she, her mom's killed by dalmatians uh um mark strong there is like wouldn't because they she has the black and white hair wouldn't yeah. mark strong go like oh that's weird another kid who is complete like he wouldn't like oh that's or did he know at that time that that was cruella and the baroness's daughter I, yeah i don't know i these are just like those kind of yeah, like weird questions where the movie was with a like, cleaner yeah, script could have yeah, avoided just, confusing yeah. the audience with unimportant questions. While we're on on unimportant questions, uh, so the gala, which was uh, a tribute to the death of Cruella, yeah, everybody showed up dressed as Cruella, and that surprised and bothered the Baroness. But so she, who organized that? Did Cruella organize that? Yeah, because they, they did, had a scene how, where they're like sending Yeah, because they got Artie to, to do all the outfits, remember? Okay, okay. All right. All right, then. I mean, I don't know how all the attendees were like, yes, okay. Right, that's what I'm like, talking kinda. about. That's that's oh, what I'm talking yeah. about. Because it it seems like, like, how would something like that be a surprise to the Baroness? It's her party. Right, on that scale. And, and every single yeah. person in attendance is dressed the exact same outfit. How right. How did that, how did they pull that off? That, again, nitpicky, but... I, yeah. I don't know. It didn't. There was, yeah, I, I, I guess, a setup, yeah. a, a cleaner setup, would have made me go, "Oh wow, that's an awesome scheme, an awesome thing, uh, stunt that Cruella just pulled off. It's her right. final stunt." But I, it left me going, uh, "What? Wait, how did that happen?" Yeah, like because there's so much room for there's so much opportunity for potential because 
the whole movie they're doing these like small little gigs of like thievery just like mm-hmm. tiny like remember the the bigger guys Horus mm-hmm. yeah. what's, what's the angle what's the angle yeah. right and I would love to have seen that accelerate like every right. heist yeah. they do keeps getting more complex but the audience is still strung along so when the the pieces connect yeah and the yeah. puzzle pieces fit it's like oh man you blew my mind again movie mm-hmm. um but that was the last but, one and it didn't the pieces didn't quite cleanly didn't come quite together. Click. Yeah, right. I mean, it was still yeah. effective and cool. Like I thought it was yeah. rad that they were all dressed as Cruella. Like, oh, that is a cool uh, yeah, little the, trickery. And then she gets she gets to move throughout it, like invisibly, which yeah. I thought was also cool. Like it just it I don't know. It didn't quite hit for me. It, it didn't quite hit for me either. Do, the stunt itself was not enough. It needed to feel satisfying. It needed to feel like it was built up to. It needed if it was a twist for us, if a surprise to us, it shouldn't. It, we should have gone. Oh right, of course, duh, because this happened earlier, and I feel stupid yeah. for not seeing that that was going to happen. So that, in a way, that is a little but, bit now yeah. you see me ish. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, again, I'm these. I think we're at the part of the thing where kind of we are nitpicking again. To some yes, degree. we we definitely no, like, are. Yeah, and, I and, and I don't want to. I don't want to paint a picture that this movie is awful because of all these little things. But it does. No. It's it's ammo to say that yeah, it's it's a messy script. You know, there you go. Anyway, yeah. I've yeah. said it enough. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think I could agree with it's there. It's a messy script. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, any other any other subjects, topics, thoughts that we haven't touched on yet for Cruella? Cruella Deville, she got it from a car. What? God, yeah, just like Han Solo he, got his name from a guy. A guy. He got his blaster from someone who handed it to him. Uh, who from a guy? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, finally, all these backstory questions I've been. I was always wondering. Answers. I was, I've this thing wondering. didn't just manifest itself out of nothing. Whoa! Blowing my Whoa. mind. Wow. There is an wow. origin of matter. What I don't you can't just create matter out of nothing? I don't I don't get it. Wow. How uh, do ideas work? <laughs> um cool. Well, well uh, no, I guess I didn't really have anything. I, no, I if I, you guys were super interested, I want like it'd be fun to dive into the whole prequel stuff and how this connects with maybe it's like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker and <laughs> them being related and how this story parallels that and the nature of prequels and sympathy for the villain but i think we can save that for another day another um, are we realistically going to save that for another day <laughs> well we will well, there, nothing's going to stop us from talking about anything we want yeah that's true okay um i don't know if you were being facetious or not but um i don't know i just feel like we've been talking for a while yeah <laughs> oh, more okay. than anything yeah. an entire other episode of recording and we have that's, another recording yeah. and um well okay so crowa deville crowa deville no evil thing is evil an evil thing will what is that what are you doing i was trying to sing a song i was trying to william shatner the song but it didn't work Um, no it did not (laughs) (laughs) um well in any case that's our thoughts on cruella if you want your thoughts read on air about cruella write us in speaking of writing in we do have some emails in the oven uh we should probably take them out and read them they're gonna burn they're done baking uh, well, Google. Our chunk fire oven. was too hot this episode. Exactly, oh we had to put them in the oven to protect them. Oh, is, wait, is that what the chunk fire does? Is baking the e- the emails for the end of the episode? Uh, well, we're very disappointed most of the episodes then, as we maybe have an email <laughs> once every ten episodes. Uh, but guess what, everyone? This episode we have two. Oh boy, I haven't Ooh. read them yet, so I'm I'm a, I'm a surprise. This is a surprise. Well, we got. One, Let's our first email is from back. Kevin Young, uh, <gasps> frequent writer. 
Does anyone else want to read that? Or does anyone else have it open? I will read I this. Now. I don't want to open the Gmail right now. I don't have it open. Uh, I would read it if you. Okay. If Let I me, could. Here, <laughs> listeners. Here is we're gonna teach you. This is a little how-to video. DIY listeners. If you want someone else on your podcast to read an email, but they don't have the window open, just copy the body of the email and copy paste it into the chat of Skype. And now oh my gosh, everyone can read it. And also, dear listeners, whatever everything Sean just said is absolutely true because it just manifested before my eyes. Oh my gosh, yep. the miracle um, of technology. Before you start reading, though, the summary of this email by Kevin Young is bad bashing and dad datchin. Dad datchin. Yep, that's right. Dachin? D-A-T-C-H-I-N apostrophe. Dachin. Ooh, Dachin. Okay. All right, here we go. From Kevin Young. I, for one, loved Ryan's Chunkfire story about obscure indie film, The Bad Batch. One of your all-time best segments. I think it should become a reoccurring segment. Uh, okay, I'm not sure how that's going to work. I don't remember uh, that the segment. The segment where I just keep talking about Bad Batch you just keep and watching. everyone else tells me to shut up. You just keep talking about the wrong Bad Batch? <laughs> or I just keep finding other wrong Bad Batches. Oh, okay. or, like or, I'm sure there's others out there. Or whatever we're reviewing, find something that happens to have the same title and, and review that during Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. okay. We'll, we'll see what I can do. I think, Ooh, the, I think there's some opportunities there. I like that segment. Yeah. It's like a meta segment. I don't yes. know what we, we, we come up with a theme. Ooh. Ryan's We'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. Well, okay. speaking of themes, Ryan, go ahead, read. Okay. <laughs> Kevin goes on to say, also, props to Sean on his stellar improv songcraft on the Matt watching MCU jingle. By the way, yeah, Sean, that was really good, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, listened to that I, episode and it was pretty funny. Thank you. That's really nice. But I don't know if I should be offended or congratulated. That was not improv. I spent like 10 days coming up with that and recording it. Look, no matter what it was, the end product was good. Just take a compliment, yeah, all right? All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Kevin goes on to say, a masterpiece from the mind of a true artist. Thank you, Kevin. See you on the other side of the wormhole, Kevin Young. All right, well, we're going to the Delta Quadrant, everyone, or Gamma Quadrant, everyone. Sorry, yeah. Not Voyager. We're not Voyager, maybe, guys. I wonder uh, if it's more like, see you on the other side of the wormhole. I think that's how like it's supposed to be like the announcer said. on uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Th- Thunder Mountain, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you for thank you for your kind words on our uh, our nonsense. Uh, yes, thank you for writing in, Kevin. Very much appreciated. Um, I'll catch you later on Mario Golf. Thank you for our next episode and Chunk Fire Stories. I'm going to be talking about that game. Oh, um, I can't wait. Anyways, uh, but we have one more email, listeners, and this one's a doozy. Um, I will read it unless someone else wants to. And I won't copy-paste it because it's big. I don't know what's going to happen if I copy-paste all of this into Well, I'm going to want to read it, but... Uh, Do you want to read it? Go. But, if, you have, if you have it open. Oh, no. I could, well, I could... Do you want me to read it or not? Okay, just read it. Okay, well, this email sub is titled Fight the Power, and it is by or from Maritza Monreal. <gasps> oh, Maritza! Yeah! Oh. Hey, I have a little Maritza. story after the email. Go ahead. Oh. Uh, a little P.S. Um, yeah. to the email from Ryan. I don't know how that works. But anyways, she writes, Hello, Chunkers of the Yum. First off, I want to say that I love your podcast. I've been listening to it regularly for the past two years. My favorite episode thus far was the Cats episode. 
because I felt that you all went crazy for a good chunk of that podcast, and it made me laugh a lot. Because of your, of your review of the movie, I have never watched Cats. I Okay, if nothing else, when all is said is done and done, if nothing else comes from this podcast, I could say that some good came of it because of, the, <laughs> of that. We've done our job. We've done something. Um, she continues. Secondly, I am with Chewy on your most recent podcast movie review, Sean versus the Mitchells versus the Machines. <laughs> I absolutely loved that movie, and I've already watched it four times. What's the up? I- Yo! <laughs> the feeling I get from it is hard to describe and put into words, so I understand why Chewy had a hard time quantifying why he liked it so much. I felt that your breakdown and analysis of that movie was great, and it was nice to see everyone's perspectives. As a creative myself, that movie captured the essence of being, quote, the art kid that the other kids thought was weird. I was that kid, and I think the people behind the movie were those kids, too. As a 90s kid who loved to make movies back in the day, I I related a lot to Katie's character in that regard. I don't know how to add explosions to my videos yet, so I guess I'm not an amazing filmmaker. But I digress. I could talk about this movie for hours. Um, yeah, that that was one of our surprisingly more contentious episodes, and it was yes. a great one because of it. Um, also, I find <laughs> I've talked to a lot of my friends, and I am definitely in the my, my, minority. And everyone loves that movie. I I will admit when I'm wrong. Good, you heard it I'm here first. I, I'm not I'm not saying I admit I'm wrong. I say I will admit. He will. <laughs> Well, but you've just you've just proven you've just proven that to be a lie. You just prove that you just lied because you're not admitting that you're wrong. (laughs) At any rate, continue. (laughs) She writes. Lastly, I had wanted to email you guys four podcasts ago because I was a little salty about your review of Justice League: The Zack Snyder Cut. I like how she calls it Justice League: The Zack Snyder Cut, not Zack Snyder's the just whatever. Anyway, never mind. Uh, After listening to your wonderful. An insightful review of The Mitchells versus The Machines. I just couldn't hold it in any longer. I just need to get this off my chest. I feel that y'all went soft with the review and analysis of Justice League because Chris was there and you didn't want to hurt his feelings. There I said it. I felt that the podcast, which had no business being that long, was a big fanboy explosion and everyone but Chewie kept it real. Yo, what's up? <laughs> she's she's not done. She's, maybe we'll recant her statement. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with gushing over stuff you like. But I felt that opinions were swayed to a positive when Chris explained something that didn't even make sense. Why didn't you guys give Justice League the Mitchells versus the Machines insightful breakdown and critique? Anyways, I don't mean to offend or anything. I just need to get that out. I still love you guys and love listening to your reviews. You guys always make me laugh. I can't wait for your next podcast. I love hanging out with you all on my long drives. Deregulate tapioca, Maritza. Um, well, okay, we I will say tapioca. that we kind of gave our mea culpa on the Snyder, the Justice League. We admitted to that. I think you're going to need to keep admitting to that for the next few episodes. I still don't even think we were that. It's not like we we never said we loved it. We were not glowing. We just weren't as critical as we should have been or could have been. Maritza, I agree with everything that you said in this email. What? Maritza, I agree with everything that you said in this email. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with it. Hey! There you go. Yeah, we were too kind on it. But I still stand by that 
I don't know what I stand by anymore. All right, I don't know. <laughs> All right fine. You know what? Let's let's. Well, we're gonna have to do another podcast on it. And yeah. So well, be a guest star. Mason, did you listen to our uh, Justice is Grave review? Because I think we cleared it up a little yeah, on that episode. Well. So good. give that a listen to. Yeah. Um, well, a little follow-up story, like I mentioned, not not really related. Although I am curious when she wrote the email because I I don't know if you guys knew, but she has an Etsy store. Or I Instagram store? No, Etsy store. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And she she makes stickers, custom stickers, um, all pizza themed, as as her, you know, Mar. Anyway, um, and I got a bunch of stickers from her, and it was great. I got these little gumballs machines that shoot out pizza instead of gumballs, and there's also one of probably her, except that her body is a pe- is a big old pizza slice. What's disturbing about this is that she's rolling whirl- roller skate. Well, that's not the disturbing part. The disturbing part is she's holding a piece of pizza that she's eating, and, I, and so that's scary to me. Um, <laughs> uh, and some other stickers. Yeah, it's, it, check her out on. Oh, yeah. Mar Pizza on Twitch. She's a Twitch streamer. Oh, there you go. And I, she probably has a link to her uh, her store there. I'm sure. I'm sure she's plugging it there. Um, I can't find the link to it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mar Pizza Etsy. Let's see if that's a thing. Uh, I don't know. It's not a thing. But at any well. rate, <laughs> at any rate, it's somewhere. Mar Pizza on Twitch. Follow her Twitch channel. <laughs> Look her up. Listen to her say when she says where her merch is and then go buy it and agree with her because her opinions are correct. Oh, it, there's a sticker that says the pizza parlor, pizza pal. Maybe that's the thing. Can we, I'm sorry, Marisa, I'm trying to plug you, but I'm failing. <laughs> we all are, as usual. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, that's how our episodes usually end, so... <laughs> Just, just Google it. It'll, it'll come up. That's the problem when you have emailers, though, is that normally it's just we're disappointing ourselves. But when someone writes in, we now are disappointing other people as well. Okay. Um. Well, <laughs> speaking of disappointment, so, I'm disappointed yeah. that we spent two hours on our Cruella episode. So we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, we should. Um, to be fair, only an hour of that was talking about Cruella. So. Cruella, yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, so thank you for listening, everyone. Write us in uh, if you want some more some more emails read on air. Um, stay tuned uh, very soon for our coverage or review of In the Heights. Look for that later this week. Um, and uh, Chewy, what's your favorite type of dog? Um, hot dog. <laughs> Correct. That was good. That was good. That was good. Uh, Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> this has been After the Credits, a Young Chunks podcast. <laughs>